2022 is done and in the books like every year before it. But what were the best and worst movies of the year? I'm Mike. And it's the best podcast of the year. And this is Popscorn. Welcome to Pop School and the Fire Entertainment Movie Review Podcast. And today, oh boy, it's the big one. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the best and worst movies of 2022. I have been looking forward to this. I cannot... Oh, ha- Happy New Year, we already said in the last episode. Happy New Year! Happy, happy New Year. I did not have a Happy New Year. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was a little bit ill yep. on my Tenerife excursion. Yep. You were violently ill. Violently ill in, in a city that, like could have been better like it was fine it was okay and then we came back to severe electrical outages in the house the fridge is fucked the boiler's fucked i'm fucked just nothing's gone right it's the curse of new year's (laughs) this is why we do this show to make me feel good um so (laughs) we're currently sat in the studio that would normally be quite mildly tepid yeah um i'm sat next to an oil heater i don't know if darren's getting any benefit from no, this i'm 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 listen i came in this morning going oh i'm a little sleepy i was up playing subnautica below zero till three how are you everything's fucked nothing <laughs> works <laughs> everything died but was somewhat cheery uh yeah it's like oh i withdrawn my previous problem <laughs> everyone's we all got problems i have 99 of them there you go then a boiler ain't one now don't worry because very soon I'm going to talk about the worst movie of the year, and I'm going to generate so much heat that we won't. We can turn that heater off. Actually, we'll save some energy because I'm going to get so fucking angry that there will be no need for heating for a good week after I'm done. Mm. Um, so so there's, there's a good number of movies that we have seen but haven't reviewed, which we'll be going over in our normal style yes. uh, between 30 and 60 seconds, depending on how long we need uh-huh. to review it. Uh, we'll be talking about some honourable mentions on the way and then leading up to our countdown of the five worst and ten best movies of the year. Uh, there will be article versions of both of these lists yes. f- from Make. I'm doing two this year because um, I hate it that much. It's been a weird up and down a year for me. Like yeah. quite big highs and deep treacherous lows. See, actually on reflection, mine's been pretty baseline huh. where nothing's really excelled. Like, I don't feel it's a particularly strong top 10 this year. All good, but, like, it's not like a Sonic year. So everything's good, but in a strong year, are some of them making the cut? Mm. I don't think so. But to the same token, I've not seen a lot of bad movies. And a lot of them have been like, oh, let's watch this one on Netflix. So, like, they don't really matter. Um, except for a couple, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But as is tradition. As is. It's now time to list all the films neither of us have managed to see over the course of 2022 to the sound of a little spanish flea i know you've missed it so have i here we go this time i'm actually going to remember to have you read out the video game one that we've also produced yes because i did do that last year <laughs> they want do you feel left out but here we go ready ready the 355, The Legend of La Llorona, The Tender Bar, Scream, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, The Ice Age Adventures of Book Wild, Moonfall, Blacklight, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Deep Water, Cheaper by the Dozen, The Bubble, The Contractor, 
Ambulance, the, Fo the Phantom of the Open, The Bad Guys, Sneakerella, Downton Abbey at New Era, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Father of the Bride, Benediction, The Black Phone, Men, The Sea Beast, Joyride, Where the Crawdads Sing, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, Persuasion, Nope, 13 Lives, DC League of Super Pets, Vengeance, Bodies, 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 Beast, Orphan First Kill, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, Clerks 3, <laughs> Crimes of the Future, Blonde, Don't Worry Darling, Smile Bros, Loyal Loyal Crocodile Halloween Ends, The Woman King, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Lost King, The Fableman, The Menu, Violent Night, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules, Puss in Boots Last Wish, and I Wanna Dance With Somebody. You fucking engineered that. <laughs> I swear to Christ, some of those movies aren't real. No, 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 I swear to God, this, unlike most years where I go through and move things around to make funny sentences, this is pretty much in, in date order, <laughs> except for the two Pinocchios, which I did put next to each other to highlight that no matter how many Pinocchio movies you put out, we won't watch them. I've already watched, like, they've put out three in 18 months. I had to watch a Pinocchio for the Oscars. Oh, damn. Last year, last oh, year's fun. Oscars. So... I must admit, there's not a lot on there I'm, I'm annoyed I didn't see. The Phantom of the Open looked funny. It did. But it had plain movie written all over it. Yeah, I, I'm i really annoyed. Weirdly, I'm really annoyed after having read the reviews. I didn't watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Mm. And the, the one that I just, I could not get round to was The Black Phone. And I'd heard really good things. And I'm really annoyed I haven't seen it. Um, so, like, it's, cause it's kind of like in that kind of same vein as like, it's midway thriller horror. Yeah, Ethan Hawke was apparently really good in it. Really wanted to see it. Didn't get around to it. Other than that, not really many regrets this year. Genuinely, the biggest regret on the whole list is Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, which apparently is unfucking believably good. I don't believe that. It is. Uh, it was Florence Pugh's birthday the other day, and someone said I would like to congratulate her with the gift of letting her know that her highest-rated movie of all time is Puss in Boots: The Last Wish <laughs> at ninety-seven percent. On Metacritic. That's Toy Story levels. That's Toy Story levels for a spin-off sequel to Shrek. <laughs> How That's is that higher possible? than every Shrek movie, right? I would imagine so. Fucking hell. So, I just want to know what it is. Like, <laughs> I've heard literally not, no dissenting voices. It's all good. So, somehow, that's the one I'm annoyed with. Oh, and Nope. I do want to watch Nope. Uh, yeah, I will nope get round to good. Nope. But I feel like all Jordan Peele movies are just destined for me to watch them about a year and a half after they become relevant, after they've been relevant. Mm. So, ah, uh, well. But yeah, there we go. Quite you know, a substantive list. Do you know how many movies you did see this year, Darren? Uh, I can give you a quick one. I can tell, I, whilst you're doing a count, you don't have to listen to me. I, I can tell people that I saw the most movies I've ever seen in a single year this year. Um, clocking in at 61. So I'm very pleased with myself. I've seen 37. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. I wanted to do... 52 because i wanted to do a movie a week yes and then i just went overboard i'm like okay but i could i could get to 55 i could get to 60 i could get to 65 i couldn't get to 65 i got to 61 though uh, and, fair and, enough oh wait 63 but it depends one of them I, I will ask if you think it is okay a movie or not would that be werewolf by night <laughs> if you could say it into the microphone that'd be good would that be werewolf by night um no i've not counted werewolf no, by night. neither have i haven't co it's... any of the marvel Special presentation. Special presentation. I've classed them as TV. Yep, same. Um, happy days. Right, so if you're familiar with the um, the layout, we are going to leave everything that has made either the bottom five worst or the top ten best, we won't talk about here. And anything that we 
that hasn't made those lists, but we have a full review for, we'll kind of skip over. Mm. This next section is basically to go over movies we either only one of us has seen or both of us have seen, we just didn't get around to reviewing. Mm. Uh, we're going to go in date order. I have nothing for January. Oh boy, my, January's my time. It's my time. Am I di- no. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven for January. Jesus. All right. I could probably. How could, long would you like? I could go seven seven minutes, but I'll I'll halve it. We'll go three and a half minutes to do all seven thirty seconds apiece. I will beep you every thirty seconds. Thank you very much. Ready when you are, Squire. Okie dokie. Go get them. Belfast was a great movie that was stayed at number one for quite a number of months until everything else came out. Really nice, heartfelt story. The black and white is actually relevant and is shot in a way that does actually work for that style. Great performances, particularly by Jamie Dornan, who I thought was absolutely fantastic. Didn't mind the kid actor in it. I wish there was more Judy Dench. Um, I think you've definitely got to see this one, um, especially considering the Oscar buzz that it did get, although it didn't pick up that many statuettes. So it's a highly recommendation for Belfast. I don't think we reviewed it other than on the Oscars episode anyway. So next up, Munich Edge of War. It's a Netflix original movie. It has a Schofield from 1917 in it, which is the entire reason I saw it. It sure is fine. It sure is <laughs> what feels like a direct-to-TV movie. Not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Some decent tension. Um, literally, obviously, surrounding the eve of the war being <laughs> called the Second World War being uh, put into action, so to speak. Um, it's it's just solidly okay. I have nothing else. That's another beep. We're going to go straight on to Nightmare Alley. I really liked this. Now, this is Guillermo del Toro again. Um, Bradley Cooper in the main role. It's suitably gothic. Mm-hmm. It's it's very... It, like If you don't like depressing movies, you will not like Nightmare Alley. I think what it does is give you enough to work with on the way that it's shot. I really love the cinematography in this movie. The story is pretty predictable but that's only because it is a remake of a 1940s movie and it's a recommendation moving on to licorice pizza this is a weird one Mm. i spoke about this in the um uh oscar movies thing and my opinion hasn't really changed it did leave a sour taste in my mouth because of that kind of the leaning on the inappropriateness of the core relationship that age gap is still a sticking point for yeah. me. Although I have softened on the performances, I do think Alana Haim is a great actress now. Um, I loved Bradley Cooper in this as well. He had two great movies out in January. I'd say give it a watch if it comes on streaming, but other than that, leave it. Uh, moving on, Attica. Really didn't like this one. It has narrowly avoided being on the worst list because I do think the documentaries can do better. Mm-hmm. And I say that because we will be discussing a documentary later on in the list that made the top 10. Jesus. So, yes. So... This, in the same category as one that made my top 10, obviously wasn't going to do very well. I find the 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 commentary around the treatment of prisoners, specifically black, black prisoners, interesting, but that movie did nothing to bring it into focus for me. Moving on again to Ascension. I literally don't need 30 seconds to talk about Ascension, and I'll tell you why. I've forgotten about it. <laughs> I can't remember a single thing about that movie that should probably give you an indication as to how good that is uh-huh. i remember every movie i've ever seen in some regard Except. i remember nothing <laughs> about ascension it's not even on my worst list because it's just it's just two hours of my life i lost nothing and finally uh, the electrical life of louis wayne i do wish movies would stop filming in 4-3 because right. this didn't really suit the style of the movie mm-hmm. i understand what they were going for by making it look like 
an at the time camera that kind of like pinhole effect it didn't really land for me the performances are fine the quirkiness is there so if you do want a quirky benedict cumberbatch movie with decent acting you could do worse but this one for me it's too depressing to take on oft fucking tight as a drum happy days um now not to pile on you some more michael but i've just realized um we have a full review for uncharted do we we reviewed uncharted we we? didn't review uncharted i haven't seen uncharted if we're not going to fall, well, well, damn! All right, give me, give, give me. Uh, I don't need. I don't need a minute. You don't need um, a minute. Give me, give me thirty. You got thirty. Go. So apparently, it's so unrememberable that I forgot that we hadn't reviewed it. Um, <laughs> it is a thoroughly okay movie that takes a premise that you think would be pretty easy to adapt to film, but does it in a pretty unimaginative way. Tom Holland doesn't really seem to capture the Nathan Drakeness of it all. Neither does Mark Wahlberg, but that's just Mark Wahlberg being himself. It's got some okay action scenes, but this was not the hammer's blow that they needed to really launch PlayStation Studios. Ah, oh, toit. Loved Genuinely it. forgot we had it. <laughs> Have you I, seen it? I forgot it. I, so I was convinced it had made its way onto Amazon Prime. It hasn't, so I didn't bother. <laughs> it's on something. It might just be Sky, but it is on something. So It's probably on Sky because I haven't seen it. It's, yeah, it's not the... It's safe. It's a safe option. I think it made enough money for it to be fine. It didn't flop or anything. But it's just, it's just not Uncharted, though, is it, lads? Like, because well, that's that's part of the th- reason I kind of I, I get where, why they went that direction of like, well, instead of doing a straight adaptation, let's do like a prequel, basically, mm. which is fine. Um, but it just doesn't really. It's just a generic action thing, mm. and maybe that's what the problem always was going to be. That Uncharted. Is that, but you get to play through a generic action scene, which is inherently yeah, interesting. more fun than watching a rather generic action film with some big CGI. The, the action scene at the end's cool. It's like big antique boats being held up by helicopters and they're swinging and smashing into each other. That bit's all right, but yeah, you, you, you're not missing out on much without that. Uh, without seeing that. Uh, anything for February, Michael? Oh, here we go. Oh, so okay. there's, there's two films that I'm going to talk about later, That uh, one in the best, one in the worst, that came out in March. Um, I have got one in the worst and one two in the best. There you go. So I need to talk about one, two, three. Hang on. One, two, three, four, six. Six. So, Would you like three minutes? Yeah, give me three minutes. Okay. Oh, hang on. I, I need to do the maths again. <laughs> okay. Um, there's one in the best list, one in the worst list, two in the best list, three in the best list four so i need two and a half minutes two and a half minutes oh hang on nope (laughs) we're gonna have to cut this bit out this is some fun february was a fun month okay Okay. one in the best one in the worst two in the worst two in the best three in the tell you what i'm just gonna just do me 30 seconds at a time and i'll do the ones that sounds good to me right ready yes go death on the nile is the sequel to uh murder on the orient express i prefer murder on the orient express as a movie death on the nile was nowhere near as interestingly shot they didn't even really continue the whole making poirot and action star thing so yeah it was a bit weird um yeah this just wasn't as good i didn't enjoy the uh the ensemble cast as much as this competently shot but not at all interesting next um bell is a 
anime movie from this year from ah oh, what's his name Miyazaki uh, uh, no I think it's Hosada I think it's, okay but I can't remember his first name it's Hosada um it's it's Beauty and the Beast by way of Ready Player One uh yeah you, the the shaking of your head okay um it it's good the music is the best bit and I think the thing that makes it so interesting and why I think more people should check it out is because it's been fully Englishly voiced and they've adapted the songs and they do work lyrically so. I might not have been the greatest fan of the retelling, but the music is great. Boom. Last one, Cyrano. Um, this was only nominated for a costume Oscar, and I can see why. The costume is great. Other than that, it's a pretty straightforward adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, only this time, he's a midget instead of being a freak. Right. So it's Peter Dinklage, and it's, oh, you can't love me because I'm... I'm I'm small, right? As opposed to you can't love me because I've got a big onking fucking hooter. So, it's it's more heartfelt in that sense because it feels more of a challenge, but it's not at all original, right? That was one I was meant to see. Oh, there's one more. Can I have one oh, more? Oh, of course you can. Go. Dog is a movie. <laughs> you watch dog. I watched Dog. Um, <laughs> you know what? It ain't the worst film I've ever seen. It didn't even go on the worst ten <laughs> of the year. I did watch Dog. It, it, I mean, you get what you pay for. There sure is a dog. It's a fucking Ron Seal movie. <laughs> it takes some weird twists and turns. Like, there's an entire elongated section where he goes full stealth mode and creeping through someone's house and then just turns out they're real nice. It's it's entirely skippable, though. You don't need to see it. <laughs> don't fucking... Like, I like Janine Tatum, but I don't need to see a dog movie. <laughs> so just to... Is this too much of a spoiler to tell you what we're talking about later on? Uh, I mean, if you... Go for it, your list, babe. Okay, you're going to be hearing about the following movies at the end of the Aww. episode. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, The Tinder Swindler, Marry Me, Flea, and Jackass Forever. Excellent. Yeah, you'll be hearing about Jackass Forever and Death in the Nile from me later on. March. Yeah. We have... Um, I have three things in March I'm going to be talking about later. I do have two movies that we don't have reviews for. That being Turning Red and The Lost City. Yes, yeah, so let's have 30 seconds each on Turning Red. Boom, okay. Oh, have you seen Turning Red? I have seen Turning Red. Excellent. I will start the timer and then I'll count you in. Lovely. So I liked it. I didn't love it. I I honestly do think this is the one that should have gone to cinemas mm. because I think out of the two things between this and Lightyear, this is easily the more interesting and original. Um, I'd certainly liked it a lot better than Lightyear, but more on that later. Um, yeah, it, it sure was just fine, though. I do feel like the Pixar seal of quality is starting to diminish. Mm. And I don't think that's a fault of the new directors. I think that's a fault of stagnation within the entire studio. Go ahead. Uh, I agree to some extent. I, I, I think I liked it a bit less, but I accept wholeheartedly that this is not a story meant for me necessarily. I'm not necessarily the target audience because it's a very, at first subtle and then very heavy handed metaphor for growing up as a girl. Yep. Um, And yeah, it's, it kind of loses its way a little bit. If it was more hammering that home, I think I'd like it more, but then it just becomes a big, silly panda movie at the end and wasn't all that fun or funny. So, yeah, a bit of a dud. Yeah, it was a little bit of a dud. A little bit of a dud. Not my favourite. Right, could you give me 30 seconds on The Lost City? You can. Oh, I saw The Lost City as well. Oh, son of a bitch, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, I'll give you your 30, first 30 seconds. Go. Thank you. Um, 
this did a better job at being Uncharted than Uncharted did because <laughs> it was actually funny. So that's nice. It is a very popcorn forgetty, forgettable movie, admittedly. But at least Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock have good chemistry and Brad Pitt has a very fun term throughout the movie. I couldn't tell you much of what happened in it in one reflection. And it was definitely a plain movie that I watched. But as far as plain movie goes, not too bad. Oh, didn't even need 30. Didn't even need 30. Right. I'm just going to come straight on in then. Go. You know what? This is far from the worst movie I saw this year, even though I think for a time it was at number 10 on the worst movie when I hadn't seen enough. Right. But you know what? Like you say, there are a decent handful of laughs. I think Channing Tatum is getting to play that kind of like weird, sappy guy that he hasn't had much chance to do. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, like you say, was great. I don't think it looked that badly. Daniel Radcliffe was a weird choice for the villain, though. Um, yeah, you know what? If it's on a plane, watch it. I forgot Daniel Radcliffe was in this. Yeah, it was a weird oh, turn. I forgot he was the bad guy. Yeah. He redeems himself, don't worry. Um, right, we are into April. We oh, are, no, no, we're not. We I are need... not, because <laughs> Michael's seen much more than I have. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I need 30 seconds on the Adam Project. Oh, okay. I'm talking about that later, but you, go right ahead. I really liked it. I really wish it could have held out on the top 10. Unfortunately, I did see better movies this year. I think this has the potential to get better with multiple installments. Mm. Um, I liked Ryan Reynolds. I'm not Ryan Reynolds out yet, which is good. Um, Who knows what's going to happen after Deadpool 3, but hey-ho. Yeah, the kid actor, he's going to go on to play Percy Jackson, so that's interesting. Uh, I'd like to see more of him. Mark Ruffalo was great. Definitely watch this one on Netflix. I'll be talking about that later. Yep. I will also discuss The Batman and Everything Everywhere All at Once, which both came out this month. Excellent. You'll also be hearing about... Oh, so I've got Everything Everywhere out as April, so I might need to... Oh, sorry. I had the Sorry, 64 then. Um, <laughs> oh, no, Everything Everywhere... I've still got that down as May. Um, okay. Anyway, so you'll be hearing about Everything Everywhere All at Once later on, as well as The Batman, as well as Red Rocket and RRR. Anything else you need to cover in March? No, we good. Right, we are now on to April. Morbius will be being discussed later. Yep. As will Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Which I didn't see. Oh, boy. And as will Fantastic Beats, the secret to fucking Dumbledore. <laughs> so I only have one for April. Um, I will be talking about Morbius later, obviously. I'll be talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent oh, later. Oh, I didn't get round to it. I'm really annoyed. Um, I have just... A... Oh, and Operation Mincemeat. We'll be talking about that later. Uh-huh. Right? I have three honourable mentions in April. It was a good month. I can talk about all three of them. I would like 30 seconds on each. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a minute and a half. So here, here we go. Wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> Wait a minute. Here we go. Got here we go. Go. Right. The Outfit. Nobody's heard of this movie. Fucking watch The Outfit. It's a Mark Rylance movie. He's the big star. Um, other than that, it's a really small ensemble cast. Um, it's about a, a tailor who is... Um, basically harboring a money laundering scheme for the mob shit goes wrong one night when one of the, the, when the like the don's son comes in drunk and tries to assault him um it's fucking excellent it's a what like not one take it's a one room thing someone please make this into a stage show it's great watch it do also watch metal lords on netflix holy shit i really really loved it, that the way that it captures awkwardness within the subculture the cast really kind of get that growing pain sense Mm. it is very funny the standout performances from all three leads they're all great i do think jada martell is going to go on to do fantastic things um yeah and the music's great as well so you can't go wrong 
It's absolutely brilliant. Go and find it on Netflix. I don't know if the last one's on Netflix, but The Northman is also fucking great, which is high praise. You have to remember what the previous director, what the director's previous movie was. It was The Fucking Lighthouse. Oh. So to go from my worst movie of 2019 to probably number 11 this year, uh-huh. that's a hell of a jump. The Northman's really, really, really fucking good. It's still got that same visual style, but this time, the story, you can understand it, and it makes sense. It's just a revenge tale. It's great. Right. I don't need 30 seconds, because I have seen The Northman, kind of. Okay. Um, I didn't get on board with it as much. I found right. it to be a little bit too grim, and a little bit too, let's say incesty for my tastes i mean there is that element yes uh but also my wife got very violently ill about 20 minutes from the end so i don't know how the northman ends <laughs> and i didn't enjoy it enough to me to then go and watch the end of it so um spoiler alert um they have a fucking sword fight in the volcano and it's pretty fucking dope oh okay i might need to go watch that yeah um i don't know just something i i was really because we saw the trailer i hadn't really heard of it saw the trailer and went, oh fuck when i watch it that night and just something didn't mm. quite click. You saw the best bit, though. The, the ending's good, but you saw the best bit. The best bit was the raid on the village. Yes, like, I did see that. That was fucking so well shot. That was so good. I, it, it just it has all the ingredients. I was like, I should be enjoying this more. I just didn't didn't get on board of it. For I some get reason. it. I, I do get it because Robert Robert Eggers is is very much like the auteur's horror person. Yes. So like. You know what? Like this one, this is the least up itself of his movies. So, right, it's okay. certainly the most accessible. I was like, it doesn't seem anywhere near as up its own ass as the lighthouse. No, cetera, so. I hated that film. There we are. Um, lovely. We are into May. We are into May. Uh, only Top Gun Maverick needs to be saved for later. Uh, I, well, I mean, for me, I've got. Uh, everything everywhere all at once listed this month so we can okay. save that for later along with top gun maverick i have one two three to talk about then the, but we've already reviewed doctor strange we have got a full review of doctor strange more than first man so go listen to your own time mediocre yeah fine com- completely mediocre slightly below average i'd say for the mcu i'm not gonna lie to you between actually no no this this one didn't narrowly miss the bottom 10 right full of and thunder narrowly missed the bottom 10 right uh, but yeah this is mediocre i've got two then uh is one of them Jackass 4.5? No, I didn't watch I Jackass I do 4.5. not need 30 seconds. Okay. It's just more Jackass. It's like the outtakes, but all the 0.5 movies are usually good anyway because it's Jackass. It's not narratively driven. It's just more <laughs> of the stuff. So I can't remember what the best one from this one is, but it's it's on Netflix. It's there, I think it's there till like the end of this year. So if you need something on for filler, go and watch Jackass 4.5. It's not Sweet. as good as Jackass 4, but it's pretty close. Yeah. I just need a minute then. A minute for you, uh, Ubi-Doo. Uh, the Bob's Burgers movie ah. is a fantastic continuation of the TV show that legitimately does have a cinematic experience. It's kind of quasi-musical, quasi-action thriller, which okay. is weird for a Bob's Burgers movie. It's incredibly funny, as you might expect. Mm. Like, laugh out loud funny the whole way through. The jump in animation quality from the TV show to the movie it's so impressive considering that it maintains that very simple style. Right. Um, the action scenes are absolutely cracking. Definitely go and watch this one. Probably one of the best cartoon movies this year. Do you think then, Darren, that I can count Bo Burnham's The Inside Out takes as its own movie? 
if you want <laughs> then i'm going to okay um it's more inside which was my favorite film of last year it was so imagine my restraint when i kept it off the top 10 well done well done to me uh it has the single best song of the year hands down uh, which is five years. Oh, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking love that. Uh-huh. I think the only reason this feels like a lesser product is because it doesn't have as much of a narrative through line as no. Inside did. And that's what made Inside so impressive. But as a collection of interesting looks into the creative process and songs, it's good. Sweet. Okay, yeah, that counts. I mean, it was was it feature length at the very least? It was an hour and ten, I think. But that, that, anything over an hour, I think you can kind of count. Um, okay, that leads us into June. We'll be talking about Jurassic World Dominion later. Will. As well as Elvis later, as uh, as I've got down here. Um, is Elvis coming up later? Not for me, so I'll have 30. Uh, have 30. Honestly, this was really great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Again, this tells you about the quality of the good movies this year that I couldn't include Elvis on the top 10. Because even though it's got that Baz Lerm- those Baz Lermanisms that would have knocked it lower on the list anyway, like the vapid inclusion of a rap song just the yeah. second they go into the black part of uh-huh. town that really, you know, grates on you. Really yeah. grates on me. The fact that Austin Butler is that fucking good oh, yeah. might be performance of the year. Holy shit. Did you hear that in interviews he couldn't stop doing the accent? <laughs> yeah. We did it for so long that he couldn't <laughs> stop sounding like Elvis. Oh, <laughs> uh, somebody needs to make that into a movie, like an Elvis impersonator who's like. <laughs> Who like are someone who werewolves into an Elvis impersonator? <laughs> oh, that's it. That's a really good idea. <laughs> oh my god, that could be the Yam Yam Elvis uh, autobiography. Yam Yam Elvis. Have you, ever, have you ever been? Have you ever been forced to listen to Yam Yam Elvis? I, I think I've heard it before. Oh yeah. sweet, my dad loves it. Yeah, loves tonight. Yeah, and basically, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and his dad's like, oh, it's a great foot. It isn't. No, <laughs> it really fucking isn't. Um, Cool, okay. So <laughs> just remind me the Jasper Carrot joke. But my yeah. dad was an Elvis impersonator, but it wasn't much call for him in 1927. <laughs> uh, um, right. Lightyear, I presume, is coming up for you later. It is coming up for me later. Right, I'll have 30 seconds on Lightyear. Okay. Um, you made a better version of it without much effort. Yep. So that really all you need to say about that. It's, it's, it's a concept that's both interesting but then also well what do you really do with that idea like i think it confused its own marketing as to what it was and it didn't really go all out to be funny or action-packed it's kind of this mismatch of everything so it's been a down year for pixar and admittedly i don't think next year's effort looks all that much better either so uh (laughs) uh-oh it's not looking good for Pixar. No, elements, elemental, 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 elemental is like, oh, this is just inside out, like palette yeah. swapped, isn't it? <laughs> and then we're getting inside out too, anyway. Yeah. So like, why does this it was, exist? It's inside out, but but Zootopia, you know, by yeah. way of Zootopia, of like all the, the elements live in a city together. What? The thing is, Zootopia was good. Like, Zootopia is good. Yeah. <laughs> that was what was the last time they were good? Was it Coco? Wait, Zootopia is not them. No, that's Disney. Disney. Yeah, Coco is the last really good Pixar Because Onward movie. was fine. Fine. Um, and then it was Luca, which was also fine. What was Luca? Luca oh, so... the mermaid one. I didn't yeah. like that one. Um, Soul, not good. Um, oh, no, Soul, I, I kind of liked it. Soul. So yeah, they're on the back foot again. But yep. they were on the back foot for Coco and then did one of the best animated movies of all time. So yep. Pixar still have it in the in the locker just in case. 
But I don't think Elemental's going to be that going no. off the early trailers. They've got that least. series coming out. That could be interesting. You have a series? They, um, they do. The, the baseball one. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't give less of a shit about <laughs> baseball. Uh, how's June for you, Michael? Uh, well, I'm not uh, done because I need one more. Can I have 30 seconds, please? You may. Go for it. Good luck to you, Leo Grand. <laughs> it's a two... Um, it's like a two-hander. I, I forget who plays the the uh the gigolo in the situation but uh, our main lead is emma thompson which is the entire reason that i watched it a two-hander a two-hander a gigolo hey i'm just a gigolo <laughs> now um so yeah no it's it's fun I, I imagine that this was written as a stage play first and then made into a movie because i'm not sure what it brought cinematically but there were some good performances it's 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 kind of a tentative recommendation i think if you like simpler dramas go for it if you don't you don't need it sweet july so the thorn and the thunder we've already reviewed but we have yes um i'm not mentioning it later on it it wasn't it was so mediocre it makes no list cool. um i need 30 seconds on the gray man unless you've seen it i have not seen the gray man okay um clues in the title <laughs> fucking boring netflix spent i want to say something like 200 million on this action movie that's supposed to be a franchise launcher they paid to get chris evans and fucking Ryan Gosling, and it's one of the most boring fucking movies I think I've ever seen. This was on the bottom 10 until something picked it out to knock it from 10 to 11. So you you got lucky. Don't fucking do this again. <laughs> Netflix are not having... Other what than Stranger is, Things, they're not having a great... Stranger year. Things, Umbrella Wednesday. Academy, Wednesday. So TV series, all good. They're but films. I'm, I'm trying to see if there's any film. To be fair, there is one in December that I literally watched last night to make sure I got it in before the end. That is fine, but we'll not. We'll, we'll get to that. I hope it's not the movie that I've put. Is it Glass Onion? Oh no, I've watched Glass Onion. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, lovely. Right, we're into July. Yeah. I only have one other movie I need to talk about. Can I have thirty seconds, please? Uh, yes, you can. Go ahead. I was taken to watch Minions: The Rise of Gru. <laughs> Much better than the first Minions movie because Steve um, Carell's in it, and that's a literally the only good bit about it. It takes it; it's basically Despicable Me four, or okay. I guess zero point five. So it's it's fun. It has some good laughs in there. It's 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 Steve Carell doing the groove voice, but squeakier, which can grate a little bit. But it's not the Minions movie, so it's got that going for it. <laughs> cool tight wasn't wasn't horrendously bad because the first despicable me movie is good it's just when the minions become the focus the focus of what everyone wants to talk about as long as steve carell's there gru is still a fun character so it's fine oh i've got one more in july Ah! 30 seconds please actually no no we're talking about no we're not it's not on the top 10 i'd still need 30 seconds go brian and charles it's it's a cracking little really rinky dink little welsh movie um, about uh, a weirdo who builds himself a friend. Oh. Uh, his body's a washing machine. He's got the head of an old man mannequin, and his name is Charles Petrescu, and he just wants to go and have fun. And it's it's so delightfully weird. Like, it's I, I really can heartily recommend this movie. It's on one of my um, honourable mentions. Right. It's really funny. It's really stupid and really British. Where did you find this movie? <laughs> It, I think it was it was on the not the award circuit. It was on the film festival circuit ah. for a bit. I think it was at Telluride or um, Toronto or something like right. that. Right, and I heard I heard Dan Morrell talk about it first. Right, okay. For X screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um and it and like it like he he's like one of the best comedies of all time is Shaun of the Dead. I'm like, okay, you're right. Good. So I, I must have a similar kind of Yeah, yeah wavelength. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I totally do. I totally get it. It it's it's such a fucking strange little movie. But it the, the laughs are there. They 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 giggle. It's it's mu- it's big mighty boosh energy. Right. That's how okay. I can describe it. There we go. There you got me on board. Um, it is slim pickings for August and September. Oh um, boy, it sure is. August was just bullet train, which we will be talking about later. I have one more. I need thirty seconds. You can have it. My final honourable mention. Uh, actually, no, this didn't even get to honourable mentions. I don't know how. Dragon Ball Super Superhero. It's the first, yeah. Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Yeah, so right. Dragon Ball Super is the series that the movie is from, which right. is from the Dragon Ball franchise. Yes. And then the subtitle to the Dragon Ball Super movie was Superhero. Why not just put Hero? It should have been Dragon Ball colon Superhero. I agree. It should have been. Fucking wasn't. Right. Dumb. But good movie. Not the worst Dragon Ball Super movie so far. Like, the best one was the one before, which was Broly. Fucking right. excellent. This one is the first to be fully 3D animated. It's really good. If you like Gohan and Piccolo, they both get new transformations, and they're two of my favourite characters, so big recommendation. Dope. It's exactly what you do. I mean, uh, j- I need a couple more seconds, actually, because they do. They, 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 they designed this movie to appeal to me. Okay. Because they went, okay, here are your new villains. They're two robots called Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. And they are and based, so like every time they attack, the sound effect plays behind them, like right. in a big, and everyone keeps going like, what the fuck? How come I can see the word bonk and shit like this? And then they just make them Kamen Riders. Uh. <laughs> So I'm like, right. someone engineered that, like, oh, your favourite character's Gohan, let's give him a new fucking cool transformation. Right. Oh, you like Piccolo, let's make him an orange giant. Oh, you like Carbon Rider, they're the fucking villains. Like, mm, I do I do like what you're doing here, but the previous movie was way better. I felt really bad because we were having the Guthridge Christmas party, and I was like, I know, that one of my, all my cousin's kids are like, got a little bit of daz in them, so there's a dinosaur one, I talked to him about dinosaurs, you got the wrestling one, I talked to him about that. The other one, I was like, so what are you interviewing? Dragon Ball Z, I went, fuck. <laughs> the one thing in the late 90s that I never got into. <laughs> you know, would, you like, would you like to talk about Tazos instead? <laughs> what are your feelings on the gladiators? <laughs> Do you feel the power, power of, of the, the gladiators? gladiators? 2023, baby. There's one over there. <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> Anyway, he's, oh, I can't he's got the speed, the heart, the strength to be a hero. <laughs> Do you know what I found? I was I was so jonesy for gladiators after like I was like, oh, happy gladiators year, everyone. Yeah. Some beautiful bastard on YouTube has basically uploaded all of them. No Copyright way. be damned. So I watched so I watched the be- I watched the um the season seven finale. I no watched way. the one where the gladiators all fight each other. Oh, oh my god, I'm ready. I'm so fucking ready for gladiators. Um. And then I found out Saracen, my favourite, was on Ninja Warrior. And I was like, oh, oh. my God. Fell at the first hurdle. Oh. Like, oh, I thought it was 90s Saracen. Uh, <laughs> September. <laughs> I have um, two. Two I, streaming movies, don't I, you know? I have two movies that I won't be talking about until later okay. on. Those are See How They Run and Ticket to Paradise. Cool. Um, and I have two also. Uh, you, want, you go first. I'll give you 30 seconds. No, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. <laughs> I forgot you. Yeah, I, I did go and see this uh-huh. one. I'd heard good things, right? They are not true. Uh. This is boring. It's not this boring. Like, Leslie Manville's good. I do like her. She is funny. 
like I, I like the idea of having a working class character going into this high end fashion world and disrupting it because of just how genuine she is. Mm-hmm. So the crux of the plot I like. It's just the way it's made. It's just too chintzy and predictable. Uh, but I like Leslie Manville. And if I can continue for 30 seconds, I did watch 3,000 Years of Longing. Oh, well done. I got round to it. Obviously nowhere near as good as Mad Max. No. But actually really good. Oh. Like, I'm surprised that people were so fucking tepid on this. I get it. The framing device isn't great. Mm. Having the entire movie just be five extended flashback sequences. Right. I understand why people won't like that. But fucking visually... And design-wise, this is absolutely outstanding. I think if this comes on, watch it. Okay. I might give that a watch. We, we like Idris Elba and uh, Tilda Swinton in my house. So, mm. uh, Right. Can I have a minute, please? I'll need two 30-second slots. Whenever you are ready. Cool. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2 came out. It is the first movie, again, as all legacy sequels, at least the vast majority of them try to be. But it still works. It doesn't work whenever the Samson sisters are not on screen. It's very, very boring. But the Samson sisters' chemistry is still there, and they're still really, really funny. So when that's there, it's great. It it could have gone a lot worse. They played it safe, and I think they got the results they were looking for. Do Revenge, on the other hand, was very interesting. Oh, well, you didn't even need the 30 seconds. No. So Do Revenge is a remake, apparently, of a a Hitchcock movie. I can't remember which one it is. It stars, um, oh God, I forgot her name, but Maya Hawke from Stranger Things uh, and someone else. Um, and it's really good until it loses its fucking mind. <laughs> Can I just have a little longer on this? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I need yeah, to yeah, explain. Yeah. Absolutely. So Go a, ahead. So basically, the, it's it's like a it's a modern take on like a bit of a, like a revenge. Someone's posted some um, nudes of the main character. I can't sure. remember who she was. Um, and she's going back to his like private school at, where he's like the fucking king, right. and everyone took his side in the whole matter and okay. saw her as a skank basically. Mm. And it's all about her trying to get revenge. And Maya Hawke is the new person in town, and she's trying to wait. So it's got a bit of a Mean Girls vibe. It has got quite funny moments, but it's just quite an interesting movie to watch. Now I'm going to spoil a bit here. Do you ever intend to watch it? Nah, you go sweet. Spoiler alert for Do Revenge. In the last 20 minutes, I swear to God, it loses its fucking mind. <laughs> so it's been a pretty straight-laced, like, revenge film up to this point, right? Yeah. Of, like, petty teenagers doing petty things, right? Then it is revealed that early on in life, the main character and Maya Hawk were together in, like, primary school. Maya Hawke's character is uh, gay, and she made a pass at uh, mm. the main character, who then basically outed her as a lesbian and ruined her life. My hawk had to move to the different side of the country. And this whole time, even though they've been working together, she's been trying to bring down the main character and hits her with a car. And <laughs> so that's the point of no return, right? Yeah. You just, you, you try to fucking kill her. You put yeah. her in the hospital and basically then always all like sit, sitting by her bedside when she wakes up at the coma, like I'm going to ruin you. I've decided now that my, it's time. My plan can hatch now. And I swear to God, by the end of the movie, they are best friends again. All has been forgiven, and they fuck over the main bloke because he's just that bit worse. Jesus, I I kind of want you to watch it because <laughs> it is a really good movie that just goes fucking mental. And is this movie just the the personification of that T shirt I keep seeing everywhere? Where it just says "Be gay, do crime." Basically, yeah. Okay, like. 
it's like a different writing crew came on at the end. <laughs> Do you know that tonal difference in um oh the fucking nursing home one we watched last year? Oh, I care a lot. I, I care a lot, where it was like a nursing home thing and it was good doing that and then decided to be a mafia hit piece. Yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. It's that. It was doing pretty good standard mean girls level high school revenge stuff. And then goes Psycho Killer, <laughs> but then gets bored of that idea and then goes back to being the Mean Girls thing and everyone's friends at the end. <laughs> like, she tried to kill you. Like, <laughs> the, the fact that you car. didn't is like just a happy byproduct, right? She tried to murder you. <laughs> And now your best friends. <laughs> so, so it's really annoying because otherwise it might have had a chance of being in the top ten because like it weren't revolutionary or anything, but but it was solid. It was solid enough. Until it lost its fucking mind. It just mind. went mental. At the end. <laughs> I was sat there going, "What is going on? <laughs> what are they doing?" The man, but it wasn't necessary. Oh, it, we, I was all on board, but it was. It came to the point of like, well, you've got to give some friction between your two main characters because that's every movie ever. <laughs> I just chose to decide that friction should be vehicular homicide attempts. <laughs> I do recommend it. I'm sorry I spoiled a little bit there, but it, it's yeah, it's a it's a hell of a thing. Oh my God. It was it was one of Netflix's better movies this year. Wow. And and my hawk is really really good in it. Was that do do revenge? Do revenge? Yeah. yeah. As in do some revenge yes yeah do if you've got if you want a wackier movie rachel really liked it so there's every chance that caroline will be all on board and won't overthink it like we tend to yeah. do when the media degree creeps into your yeah, head where we ruin it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 weird ruining it. it's not necessarily the film but yeah it's just yeah. i want someone else to experience it <laughs> 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 fucking mentally uh right any more for september Magal? uh no we are good Okay, October's slightly better. We have a full review of Black Adam. We do. I don't mean to bring... It's not coming up again later because it's just too bland to be bad. It is coming up again for me. But, oh! but you, it's not good. It's, just, it's, it's not good. Uh, and the fact that Rocky's having to do some big gymnast, like mental gymnastics to make you convinced that it wasn't a problem. Mm. Uh, and there's no admitted defeat in his war against it did, James Gunn. didn't Gooden. lose movie if you add this number that yeah, I pulled out yeah, my yeah. ass. <laughs> then, then it's fine. Right, I've got two Netflix movies. Give me a minute, but I don't. I'm going to need it. Okay, feel so free. So I watched The Curse of Bridge Hollow. It's a Netflix Halloween movie. It's got one of the white, uh, the guys from White Chicks in it. Um, they unleash a curse that turns all the Halloween Halloween decorations real. Right. So it's got a novel approach. It's fine. I can't remember anything about it. I think I laughed once. Moving on. Cool. Um, the School for Good and Evil was a big one that Rachel was hyped for. So I think it's based on a book. Mm. And it's basically... Um, what if all your typical villains, like, you know, your, your werewolves... Basically, it's the plot of Wednesday, but in a film. Right. Um, and it's not as good as Wednesday. No. Uh, in that the one who everyone thinks is going to the good school ends up in the bad and the bad and the good, and it's um, clashing and yada, yada, blah, blah. Um, it's got a very surprisingly strong, like, adult cast, like Charlie Theron's in this, um, uh, Kerry Washington's in this, but they just don't give him enough to do. Fair enough. There you go. There you There's go. There's some streaming movies for you. How long would you... I, Michael? I need uh, a minute and third. Actually, no, two minutes, please. Two minutes on the clock. Get going. Amsterdam was a fun uh, kind of like cast that was put together. Um, obviously, we don't want to talk about the director due to recent allegations, but the movie is... It loses steam real quick. I think there's, there's about 12 films in this. Uh-huh. 
that have been mushed together. Right. And three of them are very interesting and the rest are not. Right. Um, I mean, you get to watch Taylor Swift get hit by a car, so that's interesting, which properly goes fucking under the wheels. But it just doesn't have enough to hold any interest. Moving on to Wendell and Wilde. This is the new movie from Henry Selick, as you might know from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. This is far less interesting than either of those. At the very least, I think he's literally playing with new materials because I think I did like the kind of interest between the doll aesthetic and the plasticine aesthetic. So that was interesting enough. And I like Key and Peele, but there's really not enough originality to go around in this one. Call Jane is a more straightforward movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's the the most women's interest, women's interest movie. Right. Because it is legitimately about a terrible person who has to have an abortion and can't get one because America. Ah. Um, to be honest with you, though, the core performances by Elizabeth Banks and Sigourney Weaver are really quite good. I think it's an important movie because I, I, it, what it says to me is the right to abortion should exist for everybody, not just left-leaning people and i really appreciate that as a as a humanist level sorry about that i overran and we're going lastly to the banshees of inner sharing um martin madonna's new movie uh, i put three billboards on my top 10 the last time he released a film this is not as good as three billboards it is great low stakes irish comedy until the last 20 minutes where again bit of a theme it loses its fucking mind right (laughs) things turn to homicide the ending makes no sense and i question why they bothered to end it like this Ah. but colin farrell's fantastic so it's colin farrell and uh, it's a colin colin farrell kind of year and donald cleason oh yeah 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 um Right, we're into November. This business picks up. I watched seven movies in November. Holy, well uh, done. Right? So, I did too. Oh, sweet. Was it Black Panther and Weird Al? Uh, it was Black Panther and Spirited. I've also seen Spirited. Shall we have 30 seconds Let's each? Have 30 seconds each. Okie dokie. So I'll start. I really quite liked it. Caroline hated it, which was hysterical. <laughs> My family liked it. Uh, what I appreciated it, 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 it was just that very straightforward, we're just going to do a happy, clappy music movie. I kind of really appreciated the design aesthetics of the kind of the the ghost's world. Mm. I really liked that big office they worked in and their kind of like office dynamic. Yeah, it's cheesy, but you know what? You can absolutely do worse. If you've got Apple TV, watch it, Darren. Uh, I really liked it. My wife hated it. <laughs> Her family seemed to like it too. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the... Because, I mean, my God, have we done Christmas Carol to death? But at least this is a nice reframing of it where, I mean, slight spoiler word, Scrooge isn't the main character. He's on the side of the ghost. He's near the ghost of Christmas present. Ryan Reynolds and Will Fell have really, really good chemistry for Ed and that kind of character. And the songs are good for the most part. The, the um, Good Day one in particular in the middle of the movie is excellent oh the good afternoon one good afternoon that yeah. was it not good day I, I i really liked the one where ron reynolds was explaining how he was gonna make christmas trees political that one yeah his opening one was really good as well good. um yeah it just uh, it i felt like oh it's gonna little feral comedies are just so they're either really good and heartfelt and become timeless classics or utter shite that you forget about straight away. I think it's because he didn't revert to being classic Will Ferrell until the last 20 minutes. It took him a while to gain to shouty man baby prone to violence. So that's why I enjoyed it so much. Yes. And Ron Reynolds can do no wrong. 
Um, certainly can't. Right, so I will need one, two, three. I will need two minutes, please. Two minutes starting now. So, Enola Holmes 2 uh, is a sequel to a, a, an okay a, a Sherlock Holmes spin-off with, um, I've forgotten her name. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, this is more of the same. This time it's kind of dealing with Shuff- Suffragette Sutton. It's just kind of vaguely based on some real-life events. It's fine. That's, she's still good in the lead. Um, Henry Cavill's a bit more in this one than he was in the first one. But ultimately, it's it's not a fucking franchise anyone really cares about. Uh, Falling for Christmas. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's back, everybody. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I called this film Beat for fucking beat <laughs> from the first in the first 10 minutes and it is an, it is the definition of a pitch intense christmas movie for netflix <laughs> fucking garbage um <laughs> strange world i actually i paid to be one of five people who've seen strange world it's on disney plus now haven't seen um it. it's it's a kind of it's both a, an original idea and one that feels it's already quite played out um i didn't really get where it was going other than seeing it was a very ham-fisted we're doing bad things to the to the world isn't that bad we should heal nature uh none of the performances really work um but to the same time it's quite visually interesting without ever really engaging you in the characters which is what this film really needs uh and finally disenchanted this was a wife special because uh, the sequel to enchanted um What's her name? Uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams is still fun in the main role and she gets to play up this being a villain a little bit in this as well as she's kind of becoming... Basically, she's married the guy from the first movie and is now a stepmother. And because she's in a fairy tale, uh, she starts to become an evil stepmother by not without choice. Like That's just what happens to you when you become a stepmother. <laughs> um, so yeah, it has some fun ideas there, but ultimately can't really carry it through to make a very memorable film. There we go. Lovely. I've, hang on. I just want to do something. Right go on. Now. So, Strange World, right? Yes. Spoiler alert in case I get this right. Spoiler alert in case you get it right. The planets are alive, right? Oh, yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah, yeah. They're living inside a massive yeah, yeah, yeah. turtle. Oh, they literally do the whole world on the back of a turtle thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then they find a hole inside of it. And I like, I, I called a little bit of it early on because there's a big, one of the animal creature things that happens is this big like manta ray looking red things that all fly in a stream with each other. Mm. Like they could be blood cells. Mm. And then little by little, it kind of comes onto you like, Oh, 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 Oh. And then at some point they make it past the mountains and they're outside and they're over water. And then a big eye looked at them and I went, Oh, it's the world world turtle. All right. Um, Yeah. It's, it's really weird in that it is both unique, but also seems incredibly (laughs) un-unique, like played out and like pretty generic, like, as a strange world goes mm. it doesn't deserve the flack it got but to the same token i can see why it wasn't really marketed all that well and was kind of vague and why it kind of seemed to i forgot it'd come out until it came on um disney plus but there we are well there you go right we're into december everybody we sure are we should be below an hour for to do <laughs> a year, so that's good uh right matilda musical is going to be talked about later i would like 30 seconds then uh by all means go get them Oh, this is the last of the honourable mentions because yeah. this is fucking great. Like, you told me it went hard. Yeah. And I was like, it can't go that hard. Oh, boy. It fucking starts hard. Holy shit. Uh-huh. Like, they, they don't let up. Those kids can fucking dance. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. It's really good. Like, I was worried because I'm like, you've already done a very interesting looking stage version where, you know, you got shit flying at you and they yeah. do like big gates. I'm like, they're not going to do anything as inventive as that. 
and for bits it isn't so like the the you know the, the alphabet song yes isn't as in- visually inventive but then every other one is so <laughs> you know what you got me it's real great it's highly recommended why the fuck can't we watch it on netflix until next year right yeah i think like they know matilda's going to be a bigger deal over here than it is in america so yeah. i imagine on the american netflix it's already but there, i was in but... the czech republic so it was on oh. netflix <laughs> oh you lucky bean um right could uh, uh, so glass onion i presume is not being mentioned after this point it sure isn't have you 30 seconds i uh, this is the thing right I thought that, like, the build-up was as good as the first Knives Out. I thought that the payoff wasn't as annoying as the first Knives Out. But it's still not great. I still don't like it. I still wouldn't recommend it. I didn't have a good time watching it. The, the, The fact that it was so obvious what was going on in the first Knives Out and the entire point of the sequel is to go, yes, it's still that obvious, doesn't appeal to me at all. I largely um, agree with you on most of that. I think the, the payoff does not suit the setup, I think. They're not on the same level as each other. It's still fun, and I still want more of these char- these films because I just think Benoit Blanc is just such a fun character that Daniel Craig is clearly having the best fucking time playing. Um, yeah, the, the, the payoff just isn't there and the problem is in a murder mystery you need the payoff to be satisfying and it just isn't like to the point where they kind of know it isn't and therefore have to put a big flashback in the middle of the movie to pad yeah and that flashback then like is another film entirely yeah yeah yeah. it's like the oh but what if we did a murder mystery where one of the suspects is a plant yeah and i'm like okay that's cool yeah why was that not the film (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, it's just, I, I don't I, I think ryan johnson is too hung up on going what a twist yeah or yeah. the answer was in front of you the whole time batman like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the fucking riddler okay <laughs> like <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if like halfway through his next movie he's arrested and we find him like on the red carpet going ah! He gives off so much Paul Dano energy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But this is good. As long as he's just doing Knives Out shit, he's not ruining other franchises. True. He's not doing his Star Wars trilogy. So just keep him fucking locked down with (laughs) Knives Out stuff. He keeps fucking threatening us. He's like, well, I can always go back and do that Star Wars. He's like, no, no, no. Give give him a Netflix original. Just give him a cast of people to put in another fucking Knives Out movie and fucking do that. Yeah, it's it's the Phantom Zone of Netflix originals. <laughs> Keep him there, Netflix. You've got the money. You have the technology, and, um, and people seem to like these films. That's do. the weird bit. Could you give me a minute? You certainly can have a minute. Somehow, um, the first movie being Your Christmas or Mine. <laughs> uh, very, You're telling me about yeah, this. it's a very straightforward Christmas movie that again called within the first five minutes. It's got um, Asa Butterfield in it. Um, he's fine uh i don't know who the other lady the the other main character is um but they end up going to each other's houses for christmas thinking they were going to eat the other one yeah they were going to spend christmas together at each other's houses there's confusion on the train um but it was pretty mediocre and somehow quite hilarious that this very straight to amazon movie requires 30 seconds to discuss as does one of the biggest movies of all time they've been avatar the way of fucking water <laughs> it is such a strange fucking movie <laughs> In the 
it costs so much money. <laughs> and it's like the world's most expensive piece of bubblegum. Like, it's, it has five <laughs> seconds of flavour, and then you completely forget about it afterwards. <laughs> it is such a weird combination of things that I want to study it for science. Because it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just not all that interesting it's the first movie again but less so <laughs> that was your 30 seconds by the way I did fine. Like, and this, is, <laughs> this is a billion dollar fucking bill <laughs> the, if the third one isn't called avatar he can't keep getting away with it <laughs> no, in the next one it's like next time we're gonna meet fire pandora people like, oh, i really should do an avatar the last airbender shit isn't it? if that's what the payoff of this is it, just eventually it is yeah the avatar i i I don't fucking get it. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> 1.3 billion it's on at the minute. I can't. I cannot. What the fuck? I wished I worked at a cinema so I could see if it is actually like... Is it just because now it's more globalised and it's, you know, such like a juggernaut that it's making that amount of money but it's just more evenly spread around the planet as opposed to just being like, you know, the US and the UK and Europe are really... You know, see, I think it's because the story is so fucking bland, it easily translates into whatever language. That's probably a very good fucking point. So, like, there's people, you know, like all corners of the world that can watch something because it's so because it's just fucking Pocahontas again. It really is. Like, it has none of the first movie's kind of novelty about it. I mean, even though it's not like everyone really cares about Avatar, the first one. But I, it's I really want to study it for science. (laughs) That how it is so like. It's so instantly passable. You watch it, and then that's it. It leaves no mark on you. Much like the first one. It's like a. It's like walking through. Like it's like a ghost passing through. You like. You go whoa, and then that's it. You don't <laughs> think about it ever again. It's fucking mental. Anyway, that is me done. Do you need some time for December, Michael? Um, we're going to be talking about the movies I Believe in Santa and White Noise later on. Ooh. If I can just have thirty more seconds, and then we are done. Go for it. The Amazing Maurice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I watched it. Okay. No, I'm not a big Terry Pratchett person. But did, does he have to get animators that make films look this fucking ugly? Oh. Like, it's a, it, it just look, it's just a gross thing to look at. They've made it quite chintzy and cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, it's just, and the cast on this film. I'm convinced that this this is the hush money film. Right. All of these people have done terrible things, and they've been cast in this movie to pay for it. Right. Like there's like like Amelia Clark, David Tennant, David Thewlis, like Himesh Patel from Yesterday. Mm. I'm like I'm convinced all of these people have committed horrific murder, and this was the way they got out of it. Right. Because it is not good. It is. I, I don't know if the book's good because I'm not read the book. It is a very much a kids' movie. It is made by a weird backwater German animation studio. It looks awful. I hate every facial expression the human characters pull. That's your timer. That's my timer. <laughs> That's all I got. It's over, baby. So, did you see the one on BBC One on Christmas Day, possibly on Christmas Eve, that was like the boy, the horse, the fox, and the mole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idris Elba's the mole. <laughs> or he's the ho- cool. he's one of them, and I was like. Does he just sell bro money for? I know Beast didn't do very well. Apparently, so. that's a really beloved kids book that I have only just heard about. Yeah, same. So it can't be that. Like, if you t- said like, "Oh, we've got fucking Tom Holland to be the very hungry caterpillar," I'm like, <laughs> lads, I'm in. But like, never fucking heard of this book. Right, that is everything that we haven't reviewed or seen. Dunzo. Yeah. Now we get to the real meat of the thing. 
an hour in. <laughs> um, right, it's the worst. It's the worst list. Now, I know you have a top 10 because you've do. seen that many bad movies. I, I only do. have a, a, a bottom five. I have a bottom 10. Do you, so, want, do you want to play through? Let's let's play through 10 through 6. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll give you a sentence on each one and whatever's okay. like them. Uh, number 10 worst is See How They Run, the movie that thought it was cleverer than Agatha Christie that then fucks up an oh. adaptation, quasi-adaptation of an Agatha Christie thing. Right. And is very bad. Okay. Very, very bad. Not even remotely funny. Worst, number nine, is Lightyear. As you said, I made a better version of this given maybe half an hour of thought. Mm-hmm. It is just a soulless cash grab movie and Pixar can do better and oh, should yeah. do better. Number eight worst is Marry Me. Uh, this was just an excuse for Jennifer Lopez to release a new album or a couple of singles and nothing more because it was one of the most formulaic uh, romance movies I've ever seen. But you know what? I got serious husband points for watching it. So Owen Wilson's in that, isn't he? The Owen Wilson uh, is in that, so that's why that's not lower down. Right. Uh, number seven is Black Adam. For all the reasons we've described, this is Blank Adam, oh, yeah. a featureless pre-2000s superhero movie that is unspecial in every way, shape, or form. And The Rock is one of the worst leading men ever, I think. Just fucking zero charisma, considering how good of a wrestler he was. I know. And at number six worst, I'm sure we'll be hearing about this more in a bit, so I'll save my tongue for now, is Jurassic World Dominion, because how the fuck did you squander that cast? Oh, yeah. You can believe it, Darren. I think there are five movies worse than that. I... mm. I maybe uh okay number five sonic the hedgehog 2 <laughs> good fucking god i know sonic's irritating yeah he wasn't this irritating <laughs> the first movie good god he's fucking insufferable in this movie <laughs> is this proper jean ralphio like yes but in real life yes because <laughs> like they've added towels and knuckles for this yes neither of which add anything to the... Much like all Sonic games, Tails and Knuckles don't really add anything. <laughs> They're iconic, despite the fact they are almost definitely not in the best Sonic games. Um, like, Idris Elba's trying to be, like, cool, but he's Knuckles, so you can't really do that. <laughs> Tails is a pretty one-to-one translation of Tails, because they literally got the voice actor for yeah. Tails in to do it, and it's, he's still... It's, it's weird to me that, like... Idris Elba's performance in that trailer is like he just wanted to make Knuckles that fucks. Like, <laughs> right? It's just a weird voice. It's so odd. Like now, this is probably just Jim Carrey bias keeping this from being worse because Jim Carrey is having a fucking whale of a time. <laughs> I think he may have even known that this was potentially his last movie before retirement. Um, they've even come out and said we're not making. Uh, they obviously said we're not going to recast Eggman if Jim doesn't want to do it, or we're not doing Sonic the Hedgehog three if Jim doesn't want to do it. Oh wow! Because he's, he's he said he's retiring soon. So, but then again, Jack Black said that, and there's more Kung Fu Panda stuff coming. So who knows? Um, but yeah, he's having a fucking great time. He's excellent <laughs> in this. He's even better than he was in the first one because he's now full blown man, not mental Eggman. He's proper Eggman. But every time Jim Carrey's not on the screen, it is fucking awful. <laughs> so that's number five. And Shadow the Hedgehog's coming. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. He turns up at the end like like you could have... I would have put my house on Shadow being in the fucking post-credit, and he was, so... Yep, there you go. Uh, fifth worst movie for me is Morbius. Uh, yeah, I've got that number three, but let's just, let's just dogpile on it now. Yep, it's... 
it, it's as bad as you think it is. The fact that we gaslit, we, the internet collectively yeah, yeah, gaslit yeah. fucking Sony into releasing this twice and made it bomb twice. <laughs> I think that's our biggest achievement this year. Like last yeah. year it was the GameStop shit. No, it's... And now it's gaslighting Sony into having the same movie bomb twice. Well done, everybody. There is one good oh, scene in there this is, movie. It's a good scene. It isn't a good scene, Michael. I know you love it, but it's not a good scene. I will meme this into oblivion. I'm not going to I'm not. I can't tell you how many times he's fucking fooled him in the video <laughs> of the fucking Matt Smith half-sex video. Half-sex. Bang, 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 If I'd watched um, House of the Dragon, I would have been able to make... I would have been able to send you that every fucking week. Like, <laughs> It would have been contextually relevant. Oh boy! Uh, Horrendously yeah, it, bad. It, it is horrendous. Like I think, yep, that makes it the worst comic book movie this year. So there you go. Considering the competition, considering Black Adam and Thor: Love and Thunder, yeah, yeah. which very narrowly missed out this top uh-huh. ten, that's how fucking bad more because like is. it's it's a toss up between is this worse than Venom? Let them be carnage, and I don't think it is. No, because no, like they're. They both have aggressively dumb bits, but Ven- can't Venom let them have carnage has more of them. So you call it let them have carnage. Let them have carnage. Let them have carnage. <laughs> they, they there's it's more aggressively dumb than it is bland. Where this is more bland than it, it is, is aggressively, aggressively dumb. dumb. Yeah. So and I think that inherently makes Venom let them be carnage much more. Uh, let there be carnage much more interesting. And also like. There was there wasn't Woody Harrelson just being no. the most confusing man alive. Oh God, poor Michael fucking Keaton. I know he didn't deserve this. Uh, Death on the Nile is my number four. Okay. Um, I I I thought Murder on the Orient Express was a bit dull, mm. and this just doubles down on that. We've a very strange fucking cast. Yeah. And I found out on watching Graham Norton last night. Three is coming this year. Oh fuck's sake! The, the Murder in Venice is coming this year and has Jamie Dornan and the lad from Belfast in it. So that is the lad from no, oh, the, the little in... lad from, oh, from okay. Belfast. Is That's a well. hell of a reunion. <laughs> that is the man. <laughs> oh, dickhead! Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's uh, I couldn't give less of a shit, but I'll probably have to watch a murder in Venice anyway. Oh, but... good. So we, that's a preview for, you, for, you, for this year. So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically, right. Uh, number four. Number four on the worst list for me is I believe in Santa. You know what? The the year that you had like an, a worst of list that was Just entirely Christmas, Christmas movies, movies yeah. I was like, I want to have some of that. Uh-huh. So I went out of my well, the thing is, I didn't even go out of my way to choose the worst one. I just managed to choose the worst one. You throw a dart at any of these fucking movies, they're most likely going to be. You shite. Take a gamble. I didn't get the Lindsay Lohan one. Ugh. I got the fucking Z Listers one. With uh-huh. Nobody that you recognise. Okay, and um, a frankly unbelievable romance between a man with like. What I can only describe as uh, X Men Origins Wolverine Charles Xavier face, like there, yeah, is that there? But like in real life, not like CG'd. Like right, that's just oh, what he looks like after just, the work. That's just what the man's face looks come like. Come with me, children. Like he looks, <laughs> he looks like that. Um, so he's like, he must be like fifty fucking plus, right? Being paired with like a late twenties, early thirties uh... woman, and the whole shtick is he still believes in Santa Claus, and believes it's super duper real. And uh, he's been dating a woman for a year who fucking hates Christmas. The fact that that didn't come up in 12 months of dating and the first time she finds out is when she goes to his flat and he's got, like, the most amount of decorations right? Up. And, like, she's a single mom 
and he's stepped in as the dad and he's doing a great job and she they go to a mall santa and she's all like eh, it's all fucking bullshit and the man the man the bear and the the daughter secretly wishes for them to get married and they fucking do <laughs> and it's just that i don't give a shit about spoiling this movie you know what this film is when you when you see the tile on netflix you know exactly what this film is it's the most predictable shit the bit the bit that makes it offensive to me is one the main character is the definition of the word cunt she's <laughs> like she's the biggest piece of shit would rather spoil her daughter's christmas who thinks she's never had a christmas the whole thing is that like because this woman hates christmas so much her daughter her seven-year-old daughter has to suffer and has not had christmas and then they meet this nice confusingly old man who with a weird face and he goes christmas is fun and you can make your own decorations and bake cookies and sing carols and go on a sleigh ride and wait for presents for santa and drink hot chocolate and it says fucking mint because christmas is great and and this woman is like i must sabotage this man's life so that my daughter doesn't get too attached i'm like fuck you bitch <laughs> like I'm, I'm not even I'm like i'm aware that i could sound like the world's worst misogynist yeah. but i am echoing what my wife was yelling at the tv okay that's, she's that's the fine. worst woman in films this year wow fuck me like it's such an unlikable story it looks like it was shot on about a 10 pound budget like there's there's this fucking scene i'm surprised this isn't higher the way i'm saying it right there's this fucking scene where they, they've made like a box sleigh mm. and I swear to Christ, one of the shots, I think he's them in front of, like, you know, one of those, like, screens that, like, loops round the same background yeah, yeah. as they're going, ah, oh, going like, like down. Like the Flintstones. Like, like, the same. Right, okay. Oh, exactly like the Flintstones. Okay. <laughs> it is fucking rinky-dink horseshit. I, there is a not insubstantial chance that my wife has seen this because no one, <laughs> no one loves watching Christmas Hallmark movies more than my wife does. <laughs> It's. I, I've never understood that about her. I don't know why my brother likes watching any movie that has a an animal that can do a sporting. Because my brother is the only man who's seen all the Airbud movies. All of the Airbud movies. All the Airbud movies. The man <laughs> loves a dog or a monkey that can play basketball. So yeah, on, one of the Airbud movies had a monkey. <laughs> No, that's most. That's MVP, most valuable primate. That was like a, <laughs> you know, a site. And you a, made that no, up. No, no, you made that. Up. There is a series of movies called Most Valuable Primate, and my brother's seen all of them. It's but it's the Airbud concept, but it's a chimp instead of a dog. So <laughs> at least the chimp would get in the uniform. Like I don't forget it. Forget it. Anyway, um, so you already know what my number three is, which is Morbius. What's your number three, mate? My number three is the Tinder Swindler. <laughs> yep. It's a Netflix documentary. It wasn't an autobiographical picture of you, was it? <laughs> no, that would be the okay Cupid. Oh, I can't. Oh, oh. then I'm the Tinder swindler. You're the Tinder swindler, and I'm the okay Cupid, real ugly and stupid. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We did it. Claps all round. Um, yeah, it's a Netflix documentary that's meant to make you feel bad for the women who've been conned by oh. this, like quite notorious con man, like hooks up with people on on tinder and then he's like i've been assaulted and kidnapped and they need money i need money from you and then Mm -hmm. he ghosts them except i feel nothing for these people because they're all vapid gold diggers Ah. and like it's when when like when when people that have made mistakes or people that are like 
good honest people and they, and then they, horrific shit happens to them this is why attica it didn't end up on the worst of list because at least then like yeah sure they were convicts but they didn't deserve to be fucking tortured in a right. bloodbath fair um this is like oh oh so you this is literally the movie should have just been called fucked around and found out <laughs> like that would have been the better title for this movie right chat shit get banged chat shit get banged <laughs> right um and just yeah like these women were attracted to this man because of how fucking rich he was turns out he wasn't that fucking rich and they lost some money that's oh. the film that that's what you should be really fucking concerned Rally about against right these fucking valley girls gold digging and fucking around and finding out i feel bad for nobody and i shan't <laughs> be made to happy days right when you read the written version of this, you may actually think that this is the worst movie of the year. But then if you scroll down slightly, you see that, no, there is something worse. There is something worse. So at number two, mm. it's Fantastic Beats, The Secret of Dumbledore. <laughs> and I was shocked when I was like, this must mean that this movie has kind of been named the worst movie of the year twice now, because I'm sure Crimes of Grindelwald was. It wasn't. Because Crimes of Grindelwald came out the same year that Shape of Water did and was saved by Michael Shannon. <laughs> I was like, he- Crimes of Grindelwald is a Hall of Fame bad movie <laughs> and yet wasn't number one. And I had to go check. I was like, oh, it's fucking Shape of Water. Michael Shannon was right. Uh, Zod was right movie. So there's that. Um, and again, this has been kept off the top by something else being that much more atrocious. Yeah, Like, Secret of Dumbledore is... It's kind of uh, let there be carnage and Morbius again. It's like they played it safer with this one. It's not as fucking mental as Crimes of Grindelwald is, but that just means it's much more boring than that movie is. <laughs> okay. Like that is a fucking fiery train wreck of a movie versus this just kind of being like a delay on the fucking M25. Mm. Of like, it's so bad and so like nothing that it killed the franchise. Like, this is now a dead franchise. They yep. are not rolling on with this because people were losing interest and money with each fucking installment. Yep. So its legacy will be the movie that killed the Harry Potter spin-off that you would have otherwise put your house on being fucking successful. It's that fucking empty. The secret of Dumbledore isn't actually... a. It's a secret that you get told at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald that um your boy Ezra... Your boy... They, Ezra Miller, um, is... And even then, I don't think it's it's anybody's anybody's they at this point. So at the end of that movie, you find out... Sure as shit, not Warner Brothers. No, you find out that they are a Dumbledore because Forks turns up. And this is the movie that... um, Are you ever going to watch... Fuck no. no. I was like, well, how the fuck does that work? It turns out he's not Albus's son. He's Aberforth's son. So they get Dumbledore... You don't know Dumbledore has a brother? I do now. Yeah, he's called Aberforth. He's in... He turns up in Deathly Hallows Part 2. Oh, I don't remember this. So he's an innkeeper in Hogsmeade. Okay. And he looks... He's played by... um, Oh, what's his fecking name? He was in Game of Thrones. He's very famous. Cillian... Not Cillian Murphy. Uh, Kieran... He's an Irish bloke. I'm going to fucking keep myself to figure it out. Anyway, um, he was in Lilyhammer or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. um, He turns up in the last movie, and he's here in this one, and Ezra Miller is his son. Right. And it's about, that's the secret, oh my god. You the might think... The secret is he's got a weird son. Yes. Right. You might think, what the fuck has this got to do with animals? Yeah. It hasn't. The the, the main ca- the main one in this is a fucking clairvoyant deer 
that Grindelwald needs to die to prove that he's the chosen one and should lead the free world. Clairvoyant deer. A clairvoyant deer that he's half dead. Um, what is Dan Fogler doing, man? Uh, Dan Fogler gets to go to Hogwarts in this one. Oh, gets cool. To, uh, Dan Fogler's still having a fun time. But, oh, God, it's aggressively bad. Like, it, it's it's bad, but like not in the same almost fun way that Crimes of Grindelwald is bad. I mean, don't know, it's, it's much more, like, it's easier to follow than Crimes of Grindelwald is. There's at no point a big 10-minute scene in a cemetery where they have to explain all the, ex- like, what's <laughs> happening and why everyone cares what's happening. Yeah. That doesn't happen, but oh my god, it's so bloody boring. And it was at number one <laughs> up until I wrote this list. Right, and you had to come to face with I, the truth. I did have to face the truth, which yeah. we'll get to after your number two. My number two is uh, Ticket to Paradise, a movie that is the absence of filmmaking. That's the George Clooney... Uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. I think it's Julia Roberts. Yeah, it is. I've, I've tried to block it out my memory. Yeah, it's the up. It's the opposite of filmmaking because ah. it, it is a tax write off. <laughs> and, and I think that's it's the Adam Sandler style of filmmaking. Get is, all your mates go to paradise. It is film. One hundred percent that. This is the Adam Sandler of George Clooney <laughs> movies. They literally just went. I fancy going here, and went. And just filmed some stuff. Right. And it's real bad, real predictable, really badly acted. Like yep. it's it's not believable in any way, shape, or form. I don't think any of the characters are particularly likable. It's not particularly well shot at all. But they usually have good chemistry. Like in the the Ocean's Eleventh movie, they have some good chemistry. So the, the the setup in this is that they were an item. Right. And they are do off doing big professional things. Like he's a construction like an architect or construction worker or some shit like that. And she's something else that doesn't come up hmm. um <laughs> at all. And they are divorced and their daughter has gone off to Bali. It's Bali. That's where they want there you go. they wanted to George Clooney wanted to go to Bali. So his in universe daughter goes to Bali and gets engaged to somebody that she meets over in there. Bali. Right. In Bali. So they fucking go. And they're, they're going to this wedding that is happening and it's like going i know that I, I know that you're my ex-wife and i hate you and you hate me but we hate these foreigners more <laughs> so that's the fucking plot and so the entire movie <laughs> is them trying to stop the wedding or like trying to get them to go yeah but you don't want to marry him really do you don't want to live in bali do you, you don't want to live in this beautiful <laughs> Island tropical <laughs> paradise with these really nice people. You know, and you want to go back to New York and be miserable like us. And like, whilst at the same time they're like, ah, shit, I haven't had a good fuck in a while. Sure would be nice to have that. You're here. We used to do that. And will they? Won't they get? Obviously, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah. They do. There's two weddings at the end. They all live in Bali now. Everybody farms seaweed. George Clooney's only slightly less racist at the end. <laughs> it's it's the absence of filmmaking. Right. There's something that's more offensive than this because it is it is it's what I can only describe as like this is a preview for my worst pick. Yeah. As like gaslighting <clears throat> good movie making. Right, okay. Whereas this is just the absence of filmmaking. Caitlin Diva really needs to get a better agent. Is this she's in... Yeah, she's the daughter. She's the daughter. Right, yeah. So she's the daughter in that one. She was in Dear Evan Hansen last year. Oh, my God. She's never made into this. She's in... There is a... Somehow, I wanted to watch a Shakespeare-adjacent thing on Netflix, which is called Josephine. Okay. Which is about the girlfriend of Romeo 
Oh, when interesting. she meets when he meets Julia, Julia yeah. and she's Josephine. It looked quite funny. We just haven't got around to watching it yet. But my God, does she need to pick a better fucking agent? Yep, it's bad. Um, so it's time. Yep, as, I've, as I've written here. But if I'm being honest with myself, yep. the actual worst movie of the year is Jurassic World Dominion. I get it. I totally get I, it. I nothing is because I had to go. I was like, right, when you came out of that cinema, when you finished watching Secrets of the Wall, you went. Uh, you thought that was going to be bad. It, it's exactly the same thing of last year when it was Thunder Force versus Dear Evan Hansen. I'm like, that, I thought Secret Symbol was going to be shite and then it was shite and in the end all I can say is that was shite. I felt so deflated and sad after coming out of Dominion. The only reason I hadn't already put it at the worst movie was because it had dinosaurs in it. Mm. But it had ineffective dinosaurs in it. It wasn't like it was a... It oh, it was, was, it was the turning carousel of dinosaur yeah. cameos. Like, it wasn't yeah. a dinosaur movie. No. It was a locust movie. Oh, oh, I forgot about the fucking locust. <laughs> oh, so it's it's such an, uh, a, a a movie so bad that I'm now completely okay with my favourite franchise just going. That's just it. stop it. Make Evolution need... 3 and leave it there. Yeah, just do that. Keep doing video games. Find new interesting ways to do this on streaming because... I I they I mean I, I know they got Camp Cretaceous so I think they have a Netflix deal going for at least the kiddie stuff. Mm. There's so much interesting stuff you can do with this this franchise. Go back and set it in the 90s so you can do it on proper Jurassic Park. There's so many ways more to do that. But this bombing and being this bad means that more people might think well people want dinosaur movies because obviously Jurassic World made a lot of money. They just mm. don't necessarily want bad ones. Which I'm pinning all my hopes on 65 in a few months. Yep. Time. Um. Yeah. It's, there's no doubt in my mind, if I just take my inherent love of the franchise and, and seeing some of the characters back and dinosaurs out, there's no, there, there can be no question that this is the worst movie of the year. Listen to the podcast review. I yep. did yesterday. I am so we fucking angry. We didn't like that. No, it <laughs> fucking did not. So also, just a little aside, I, after buying the book 15 years ago, I finally got round to reading Jurassic Park. Holy shit incredibly dry and sciencey, <laughs> and Ian Malcolm is the most unbearable cunt in all of literature. <laughs> I, it makes me love that character even more that Jeff Goldblum managed to turn that around to be my favourite film character of all time yeah. because he is fucking awful. <laughs> the biggest, most self-satisfied <laughs> bellend I've ever read in a book to the point I was <sighs> skipping his bits. Wow. <laughs> He's out of commission for most like because basically follows the plot of the film mm. um he's taken out commissioned by the t-rex and kind of holds on for a while in a bed and all of his paragraphs are this big with no breaks because oh. he just talks science waffle because michael Crichton really hates science mm. and ian malcolm is the character he kind of channels that hatred through and it's him just doing these big diatribes about man should not interfere and i've done some maths that shows this is a fucking Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> I am glad I didn't read the book first because I would never have watched the film. No. Never in a million years. So, yeah. So that's me reading Ian Malcolm being bad in a book. This is him being bad in a film. Yep. And everything in between makes this, yeah. As I've put here, um, it is laughably textbook smash and grab nostalgia bait cash in. So ham-fisted, even scary movie five would say, that's a little trite. Yep, that's so, all right. There we are. Uh, that's my least favourite movie of the year. Yep. But what's Maggles? So this is... Is this the last movie I saw this year? No, it isn't because I watched a couple after it. Damn. Thankfully. Um, I think the last movie I saw this year was Glass Onion. Yep, same here. Yeah, I watched it last night. There you go. Um, this is another Netflix movie. 
um, but this is far more high profile and has a cast you might actually want to watch. Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, and Don Cheadle. Like, what the fuck is this? Okay. Um, so this movie's called White Noise. Uh-huh. It is based on a book that a lot of people have said is unfilmable. Ah. They should have listened to the people <laughs> who said it was unfilmable. I'm about to tell you why. Go on. So this movie has three acts, but like they're all very disconnected. Yes. So the first it opens up Adam Drive like and it's let's be real. There were three different films they could have made here and they chose to make all of them and somehow none of them. Right. Um so it starts out with what I assume is meant to be kind of a meta commentary on how ridiculous academia is. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver is a lecturer. He is the uh, o- the the first and only and best person at Hitler studies. Right. Um and Don Cheadle's like I need to bring that same energy to my Elvis studies program. This is half an hour um of the movie of just these two having a lecture off but like yeah yeah it's exactly there is so much i i want to find the audio designer for this movie Uh and i want to crucify him slowly painfully in his ears because there is overlapping dialogue and music and sound effects from second one of this film right and it is unfucking bearable like it is actually painful to sit down and watch because uh-huh. everybody talks over each other and not in a fun early mcu way where it's all quippy quippy fun yeah. times it's none of the dialogue matches up with what's going on and i understand that this is supposed to be an absurdist novel an absurdist story mm-hmm. but there's there's a fucking line like this is like it's the level of dis it's, it's further disconnected than all the sketches in monty python it's just, and it wears this fucking, we're so arty-farty fucking look at us making an introverted uh-huh. apocalypse movie hat. Because that's the second story, is um, a train, yeah, a train full of very dangerous, noxious chemicals crashes into a truck. A huge fucking black cloud descends over the town where... The lecture where, off is going. Where, yeah, where the lecture off is going. That The family has to evacuate. So Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig are... A couple mm. Greta Gerwig is the worst acting I've ever seen her do. She's fucking ridiculous, mm-hmm. hysterical at every moment. Um, and their thing is they're both deathly afraid of dying. So like they are afraid of the concept of death. They don't want to talk about death. Mm. So they get the fucking kids in the car. They drive off that way. They're having five conversations at once at the same time. I can't track either of them. The 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 the, the disconnect of it isn't fucking funny. Adam Driver gets out of the car at a petrol station and is exposed to unknowingly exposed to the noxious chemicals. Right. Um. Then we then go on the fucking misery bus tour. Of them going from place to place and they're having to be relocated. And you think, okay, so this is this gonna be like a like a twenty-eight days later kind of like yeah. not like zombies, but like we have to keep on the run away from that fucking thing coming. Yes. Nope, because that plot line resolves after forty minutes. Oh. Just completely resolves at the top of the first hour. Just like, nah, it's fine, go home. Okay, fine, cool. After there was a riot at a fucking military base and and lots more like, oh, I'm dying, but I'm dying slowly. Like, literally, Adam Driver goes to a doctor at the top of the first hour and he's like, am I dying? He's like, eh, this this chemical's in your body and either uh, either it will kill you or it will outlive you. 
And he's like, but how long? He's like, yeah, 30 years. It's like, well, it's not, you're not fucking, like, mm-hmm. you're not fucking dying then, are you? And then the last era of the movie, utterly confusingly, is centred on um, Greta Gerwig's character's drug use, which leads Adam Driver down a rabbit hole to find out that the drug trial isn't a drug trial. It's being held up by a guy who lives in a hotel who is just doing it till he can have sex with people. And then, and then he goes to kill him, shoots him, and he doesn't work. And then he they feel bad because they are afraid of dying, but they were going to inflict it on this fucking German weirdo. So they take him to a group of atheist nuns who run a hospital, and then everything's fine and the film ends. You're making that up. No, this is it. Like it's like oh, it's the thing. It's the absurdest black comedy of the year. The movie literally ends on a choreographed slow dance sequence through a supermarket which is described in the movie as um a resetting place the move the place where you feel the most neutral so at the end you get this kind of very um uh kind of oh, who directed uh, uh uh anchorman who directed anchorman oh i can't think of his name adam mckay yeah yeah a very adam mckay kind of like pro-capitalist it's like it'd be like it's mirror world adam mckay it's pro-capitalist fucking go to the supermarket and buy some right. things and you'll feel better okay and like that would be funny in an adam mckay movie because it'd be like uh, we don't actually think this and you know people are selling you shit out left right and center isn't marketing insidious yeah. but this is literally like hmm yes the karma of of, of, of assuaging all your fears and just going to the supermarket isn't academia interesting isn't the, the the fucking the way in which we fear that which cannot be stopped it's fucking gaslighting <laughs> on a directorial level right i want to find noah baumbach who directed this because he's made good movies and i want to put a nine inch nail through his fucking skull for making me waste two hours 20 of my fucking life on this godforsaken like just you uncomprehensible incomprehensible yeah. not uncomprehensible incomprehensible mess of three stories that don't fucking connect that don't mean anything and shouldn't have been fucking made this sounds like um do you know whenever a director gets their passion project yeah. that they've always wanted to make and it's just a piece of shit? Yeah. That's what I'm getting from this. It sounds like a guy who was good at directing finally convinced the studio to let him do what he wanted and yeah. this happened. I want to do this book from my childhood, except it's shit. It's got more Holland Drive written all fucking hours. Yeah, I can only imagine this is exactly how you feel when I'm like, you need to watch this Oscar movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck has he seen? It? Like, the fact that I, people... Um... I went onto Twitter and it made me angry, which is not unusual because I'm on Twitter. Yes. But, like, <laughs> the people going, mm, super interesting... Me, me, and somebody somebody did that fucking thing and they described it as a meditation on death. I'm like, movies that describe themselves as a meditation on anything aren't movies. I'm 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 so fucking angry at this film. <laughs> I am very happy that we stuck to our types of you picked uh, you you picked apart a movie that was meant to be this highbrow fucking reflection and mine was the derpy derpy dinosaur movie. <laughs> so we 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 fucking stuck to types. Okay. We've generated enough heat to warm our bodies now, so yep. that's good. It's now time to have the refreshing tonic of talking about all the things we did enjoy Only this year. An hour and a half into an the hour episode. And a half. Thankfully, we've done pretty. We've done a substantial amount of these. Has full reviews, so we can be pretty quick on these, which yep. is good. Yep. But here we go. Right, 
I'll kick us off. Sure. It's the Jackass pick. It's number 10. It's Jackass forever. Man, I really wish I'd done a Jackass pick. I really oh. I actually chose this little, like, Japanese kind of independent movie called Jackass forever. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it comes Woo! full circle, baby. Yay! <laughs> and Look at the fucking spikes on the audio. It's here on Merry, okay? This is it my is best performing fucking movie <laughs> in the end of year draft. just yours. Out yeah, of all overall, of them. this is the best one. It's, I was so worried <laughs> after watching that first trailer that this was fucking cursed because I was like, oh, Johnny Knoxville's going to die for our sins. But Oh, it's so much fun. It it really, it's, it's really re- fucking it's, is. It, not to ever say this word about a Jackass movie, it's really smart. And I think they realise, like, right, look, we can't do this forever, and we need young blood. Partly because, well, Ryan Dunn died, and Bam Margera may as well have. So, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so, they, they, those are gone. They're missing some of the cast. So, they got new blood in. That mm. I think... The the girl in it, I feel like they they didn't really want her to do all that much. And that, she was like, "No, fucking put the scorpion in my right? mouth," and like was so up for it. But Whereas they, were like, they felt so bad. The new guy, I can't remember. His, there's two new guys. There's the yeah. um, there's three, isn't there? Well, there's yeah. There's the I'm gonna feel real bad for stereotyping him. There's the really fat one. Yeah. <laughs> there's um the guy who gets his dad into it as well. Yeah. Dark Shark, and uh, what's the he's like Poopsie, Poopies. right? Oh my god, <laughs> he's so the type of person that needs to be in this movie. Yeah, oh, the big Cause... dude though, jumping on the fucking cactus. Oh like, god, Jesus Christ! So dude. they all bring something fun to it. In fact, I've just remembered the best bit of Jackass four point five is where they put Dark Shark in a plane. Oh no, he, he's definitely afraid of flying, but they convince him they're going to do a, a, a tandem. Him and Johnny Knoxville are going to do tandem parachute jumps together, right? And it'd be funny because he's going to be scared. But then the they the pilot. Says the plane's fucked. I'm going and jumps out the back of the plane. So they think <laughs> they are crashing and have to jump out anyway. And he's fucking terrified. Anyway, that I could, I'm just going to list off all the things. Fucking danger, Aaron being attacked by the bear. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the Aaron McGinnis crotch shot. Jump. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the escalation of the fucking. Crotch oh shot. yeah, the baseball one. Oh, oh my, my god, Christ. that man's penis. Um, <laughs> it's all wonderful, but the silence of the lambs. Made me so fucking happy. The one where they they think they're in a room with a cobra. Oh, that and was then really the lights good. Lights go out and they lock the door, and they've just tied hands <laughs> to the ceiling. And you've just got fucking. <laughs> you've got Johnny Knoxville's got a taser. Yeah, and he's just shocking. <laughs> fucking party boy's just naked in the background, just dancing in the dark. No <laughs> he's just see. waiting for someone to like collide with his dick, and it's oh my god. They're all god. walking into pans. The fat lad. <laughs> Since he's on the way out, so he just feels this table that's full Pull of mouse traps, and then goes, "Fuck it, I don't have a better option." And barrel rolls over the. There's like pins on it as well. It's just like fuck it. Oh, I was oh, so happy. I was that. so happy it wasn't cursed, and it was just as fun as all the other ones. Oh my god! I think I think that's what makes this like. I think we might have to stop the jackass pick now because like it's it's, come, yeah. it's reached its logical conclusion in less than two years. It has. That Jackass came back and Jackass, we we did this. This is another thing that we did. Yeah, um, we we willed this back into existence. Um, um, yeah, it's it's so here on merit. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's 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 almost as funny as the original. Well, this is, for a bit, I was a bit worried that it was actually too good. That it was actually going to be better than tenth, and I was mm. going to have to have something else in the Jackass slot <laughs> that wasn't Jackass. Thankfully, it balanced out. So since we both picked number nine, uh, so they're same number tens. I'll roll on to number nine. Yep. 
Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical I get has it. no fucking right being here. But the cinematographer went, fuck it, I'm going to go ham on this <laughs> entire movie for no good reason. Because I don't particularly like the stage version. Mm. It's probably, of all the ones I've seen, the most... Right, I'm taking War Horse out because that's not a musical, but War Horse is the worst thing I've ever seen in a theatre. Where did you see it, though? I saw it at... It may have been at the Grand in Wolverhampton. I mean, that's going to be a big part of it. I was roasting hot because I was under the heat. Or I had a big fucking coat on and my back hurt. The fucking, I was at a shit angle mm. and I just didn't like the play. Because I couldn't get by the bloke stood at the back of the horse. It made it look like he was fucking the horse. Um, <laughs> so that did help. Of all the musicals I've seen, I'd say this is only <laughs> a, only Miss Saigon is keeping this off the bottom mm. point of being the worst musical I've ever seen. This movie fixes all the problems. Fair enough. Like, the girl that cast Matilda is pitch perfect. Mm. All the songs land. They are visually better, I think, than all the ones that they have in the thing. The the Miss Trunchables Assault Course Ballad is... Mm. I Everyone is doing a great job in this movie, and yet it's, it's a kid's movie filled with kid actors, and I liked all of them. Mm. That is a fucking miracle that that has happened the the the, the it was it's the kid who plays boost bruce boggs trotter yes that like has been good all movie has been like the funny comic yes. character and then like during the reprise of revolting children yes just fuck it like he gets a one shot down this corridor fucking i'm like breaking every fucking move out the arsenal <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's amazing fucking right incredible it's like oh, jesus fuck god dude. Like, chunk's got moves like holy I shit know. The quiet song, mm. where she's just meditating and everything's like quiet, mm. is ridiculously well shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did they go <laughs> so hard? I'm thankful, but like this is surprise of the year by a country mile mm. for me. So that's number nine. I also have a surprise at number nine. Oh, go nine. on. Um, everybody, film Twitter was exploding about not a Bollywood, but a Tollywood movie. Um. It's, uh, I think... Tongalese movie? Uh, oh, God, I can't remember the language now. I'm going to have to look it What's up. What's Tollywood? Telugu. Telugu. Or I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Okay. Um, It's it's that. It's still an Indian made movie. Okay. Um, called RRR. I've heard of this. This yeah. is really well. Like, this is in like, the top 20 global I, box I, office of I, the year, I, I think. get it. Right. I, I totally get it. Like, I was doubtful. Because like, uh-huh. sorry, sorry, the heater is making a very confusing ticking it noise is. next to me, isn't it? Panic. Should we just turn it I off? I think we're yeah. good. I think we're warm. Um, yeah. So RRR. It so rise, revolt, revenge, or something like that. Right. That stands for. It's essentially it's their version. They've done like they they've got these revolutionary figures in um in in, in India that fought the Raj and like. Mm-hmm fucking made india independent right they picked these two people um who never met in real life mm. and just made of movies like what would happen if they met and they were fucking best mates right and it's great so it's completely ridiculous it's like avengers level like superhuman powers right but just like from two dudes right and so like stuff in this so like in the first time that you meet i think his name's bean Hmm. BWM, the one of the characters. Yep. Yeah, there's. I think it's Rama and Beam. The first time you meet Beam, he's Tarzaning it through the fucking jungle, trying to catch a tiger in a net, and does so 
by like having it run into the net like running past some trees where he set up a net and then running grabbing like these ropes that he's hooked up in trees and pulling them towards him which pulls the net back so like one of the iconic shots from the trailer is him like facing down this tiger and he's roaring at him he goes ah! just pulls these fucking ropes like the fucking hawking madman he is right and pulling the tiger back away from him the other guy has a raid action sequence in the first five minutes of the movie. Okay. Um, I'm on board. Where he fights the entire population of India. <laughs> like, his backstory... They've changed the backstory. They've, they've changed him into... He works for the Raj. Um, right. And he's, like... He, he's, like, seeking respect. Uh-huh. And, like, wants to be, like, made a special officer of the British British Raj. Um, and the way he's going to do that is by becoming fucking neo so like there's a bit where like a dude throws a shoe at some british yeah, yeah. Uh, officer and he's like i want that man arrested fucking rama activates right. literally fucking like ash ketchum's his hat jumps over a fucking fence and fights the entire population of india to drag this motherfucker to justice okay it's fucking great and then it becomes a bromance comedy in the middle um I, oh my christ i've got to show you the dance scene they, there's this scene ah so there's this kind of like British nobility ca- character mm. that the the Bean falls in love with, kind of from a distance, right? And they're like they start to have a blo- blo- blossoming friendship, and he thinks there's something in it, and she invites him to this like do, and <laughs> and Rama, like the fuck stud he is, mm. like is like we're gonna get fucking have a makeover, get suited and booted, and go to this fucking party go. where they outdance the entire British Empire. It's Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's so absurd. It's so ridiculous. But the fact that it's so charming and right. high effort and you give a shit about these two being the totally not gay pair they are. Right. Because like, they've, they've gone to their efforts to go, no, he definitely likes this woman. Right. And he's definitely got somebody waiting for him at home. Uh-huh. But these two are... They're close. <laughs> They're going to... F- uh, <laughs> they're gonna fight Maverick, the british raj maverick and iceman all over it's again. maverick and right, iceman okay all over again the the finale i don't want to spoil it but they launch so many motorcycles it's ridiculous there's a bit there's a shot where like the guy they launch an attack on the british planets to go and save his his um this girl from yeah, his yeah. village and <laughs> in this fucking truck that's like all these cages stacked on top of one another he launches out and literally like fucking noah's ark one of every creature with him we're gonna watch the trailer when this is done we shall watch the trailer when it this is, is a three-hour movie it has been dubbed into british so into british into british yeah yeah because because every other word between the two leads is mate uh, so it's proper british okay um but it is a three-hour bollywood movie i am it's everything you want in a movie. Okay. There's so much ridiculous action. There's a great story. There's brilliant characters and interplay. Fucking, um, ah, oh, he played, is it Ray Stevenson? Who was... Um, Punisher? No. Um, ah, oh, it's one of them. It was the one that was in the Thor movies as Volstar. Yeah, yeah he was Punisher. He's in this as the big badass fucking army general. There's a shot where he gets launched out of a car. He catches a rifle and fucking no-scopes somebody. Okay. It's mental. It's great. Everybody was right. You need to watch it. Language barrier be damned. This is... Give it a go. Fantastic. Well, there we are. To be fair, there's only three... Two foreign language movies that uh, uh, I've even bothered with. <laughs> and they both have the same energy. That being... Well, okay, there's three. There's The Raid, 
It's the Raid 2, and there's Kung Fu Hustle. Yep. So I can include our... our, our <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle's movie. not a foreign language movie. But I watched it in fucking was. <laughs> I watched it in fucking uh, in Japanese, I presume, or you, whatever it You was. didn't watch it in the fa- in the obviously bad fake dub, like you're no. supposed to enjoy... Oh, man. I watched, I watched the true version. Oh, wait, no, maybe I did. I can't remember. But, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. We have a full review of this, so I'll keep it pretty brief. It's The Batman. It's also The eight. Batman at number eight. Happy days! Um, I've come round on this. Same. Because it just it hung round more in the mind than something like Avatar, which I watched two weeks ago and I've already couldn't tell you much about. Mm. Um, I've just, like, there's still things that I just don't like. Yeah. Like, any... Ah! Ah! Being chief among them. But, like... I don't like using the word iconic, but like there's efforts being made in this to make this like, no, this is the new cultural touchstone in the same way that the Tim Burton one was, in the same way that the Dark Knight is. There's efforts obviously being made by DC to like, no, we're going to plant a flag here. This isn't a Ben Affleck, you know, Batman passing you in the wind. We are fucking going forward with this as the new version that people will grow up with as their Batman. Yeah. And it's got those type of things in spades. I appreciate it's it's a detective movie. Although it gets overplayed, the new song is good. And I like the world they're setting up and the possibilities it can lead to. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, we know what those possibilities are. It's a fucking Joker movie because they've cast a Joker, so why wouldn't you? Um, It's Barry (laughs) So... Yes, my my small problems aside, which again, if you go back and listen to the review, you can hear in full. Mm. I have thought about it more than most other movies on this list, so I felt right. it would deserve it. Even if it's tokenistic in some ways, I felt like it deserved to be on the top ten. Absolutely, and I think that's because of how Matt Reeves as a director has worked. Mm. Like, don't, don't worry, it's a three-hour movie, and you oh, know here it is. You know it's long, but it's never uninteresting. No, I'll give it that. It. it, it there's maybe a few dips here and there in the energy levels, but for the most part, it keeps you with it. And maybe that's what it is, because Matt Reeves has done nothing but good movies, in my opinion. Yeah, basically. Like, and and the the first Rise of the Planet of the Ace movie is not the best one. The second one is. Yes. So And the third one is not far behind. No. So that gives me hope that whatever they want to do... It, again, feels like a Batman universe that's not been set up for like half his rogues gallery to be able to appear. Like Clayface, Doctor Free- uh, Mister Freeze, all the kind of supernaturally ones, mm. like all fucking versions of film Batman, doesn't seem to care about any of that shit. They just want him dealing with the realistic, broody one. So that's a bit disappointing that they've potentially gone down that route. But yeah, I I, I can't not say that I'm very excited to see what comes next. Yeah, hundred percent. And that is going to be the Penguin series. It is going to be the Penguin series. Colin Farrell had it. Fucking hell of a year. He, he really fucking did. Even Good the movie you, I didn't like, like Banshees of Inisherin, like yes. the ending I just didn't gel with. But like, he's so good in that. Mm-hmm. He's had a hell of a fucking year. Hey, if we do multiverse stuff, there's still time for a fucking bullseye comeback. That's all I'm gonna oh, say. Weird biker bullseye. Please. Um. Okay, I'll go on to number seven then, which is everything everywhere all at once. Cool. More on that later. Lovely. Um. It sometimes. I feel like I've brought this analogy up before. Sometimes there's a Mighty Boosh episode that gets so strange I can't enjoy it anymore. Mm. There's one or two episodes that get like that. This sometimes it's the sausage fingers bit for me. Yeah, I thought it might be. That I'm like, I'm just, it's just, this is too stupid now. But everything 
other than that, mm. on this side of that line, is really fucking enjoyable. Mm. The action's really good. The story is fucking mental and sometimes a bit hard to get a fucking grasp on, but keeps you going throughout the whole fucking thing. And I'm just here for the uniqueness of it. Mm. Like, they're not trying to be like every other Hollywood fucking action scene. And that's great. And it brought Kiki Kwan back to us. So fucking yay. If he doesn't turn up in fucking Indiana Jones 5 and basically replaces Shia LaBeouf as, no, I'm your fucking son, <laughs> not him, then there's something wrong with the fucking world. That would be great. <laughs> they did that. Although they're doing his daughter, aren't they? And it's fucking female yeah. bitch, so. Yeah. Yeah. Surely to God, right? She's here to make another weird entry into a franchise you love. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Solo shit. Didn't um, she have a hand in No Time to Die as well? She did. And No Time to Die was fine. It was, I mean, it was better than fucking Spectre. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Open heart surgery better than Spectre. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. That's everything everywhere all at once. Cool. Uh, number seven for me is Flea. Um, this is the documentary. There, yeah, I remember so, you mentioned this. Yes, yet. this is the one that is fully animated. Ah. And yeah, it's here because of, in much the same vein as your inclusion of everywhere, uh, everything everywhere all at once, this is here for the creativity. Yes. This could have been a very boring, straightforward refugee story. The fact that they've chosen to do it as almost this kind of like therapy session by way of children's cartoon. Mm gives it that kind of level of interest and intrigue that I think a lot of audiences would be interested in. I saw the dubbed version. So for me, this had uh, Brother Omar in ah. the, uh, voicing yeah, yeah. Uh, Amin, who's the, the, the titular character of, the, yes. of Flea. Well, not the titular character, but it was be called Flea. He's the main character of Flea. It's not about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> no, when he turns up, it's just fucking weird episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, no, this is great. It, it's, it does have proper like heart in your mouth. Mm. Jesus Christ, I hope they get through moments. And I think that's impressive, considering the story is a, is a recounting yeah. of his experience to get from war-torn to Afghanistan via Russia into Sweden. And I think also having that LGBTQ storyline in it as well, as Armin discovers on this transition across continents that he's also gay. Yeah. You kind of get the two things going parallel of not just rediscovering safety and humanity, but also rediscovering the self that it does find a lot of interesting points to dwell from. And of course, because it's animated, you get to do that in a far more colourful, interesting way, yeah. rather than having to kind of recount over the same footage that we've seen on newsreels over and over again. We get something a lot more personal, a lot yeah. more tailored. And that really should be celebrated. I think, I don't know where this is streaming. That's the only problem is this, this was out for a week. It's all in Showcase, for fuck's sake. That's mm. the weird bit. It's the only movie I ate nachos during because I was super hungry. And I wanted some fucking nachos. Right. Why did I choose to fucking munch on them through this really intimate fucking movie? I'm a monster. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know where this kind of came and went. Like, it, I don't think it won as many Oscars as it was nominated for, which is a crying shame. It's a great movie. Please seek it out. I will give it a go. Uh, now we go from uh, a very serious documentary about uh, fleeing war-torn countries 
to Weird, the Al Yankovic story. <laughs> Still haven't seen this. Oh, you haven't seen it nah, yet? Mate, I haven't seen it yet. What are you doing? It turns out, like, I just don't have access to it. You really do. I need to get... Do I? Roku is not hard to get hold of. Is it of. not? It is not. You oh, can shit. literally get it on a laptop, go to Roku, am I gonna, sign a thing. Am I going to be annoyed when I finally see this and it would have made my top ten? I, I'm pretty sure. You might even like it more than I did. Shit. It's only it, at number six. It's meta, isn't it? Oh, it's so meta. It is the Weird Al parody version of Al Yankovic's life. <laughs> so I'll just... Because I don't want to say too much next. I don't want to spoil it for you. You can say what you want. Okay, so I'll just I'll just read verbatim from this. Um, so the ultra-hardcore Al, as he's portrayed in this, gets to bang Madonna, kill Pablo Escobar, and get assassinated in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking... Excellent. <laughs> There's some bits where, like, it, it, it I, I wish it could maintain its energy all the way through. Mm. I wouldn't say this is a, the as perfect as it could have been, mm. but probably as close as it could have got. Nice. I think without obtaining perfection, like, it does not take itself seriously at all. It's a weird old fucking film. Why would it? And like, there's so many great bits of like his dad beating the shit out of the first person who tried to sell him an accordion because he didn't want a, a fuck. He doesn't like accordions. Um, <laughs> this fucking pool party he goes to with Doctor Demento, where like he meets fucking um, he meets loads of people there. Jack Black fucking cameos in that bit. And um, oh, what's the bass player from Queen? Oh, what's God. his fucking name? Oh, is it Roger Deakins? Yeah, John Deacon. John Deacon. John Deacon's there, and no one knows who he is. <laughs> He's like, I mean, Queen. They go, yeah, because he's fucking cool. <laughs> I'm the bass player from Queen. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's really funny. It's like there's no new original songs in this. It is just like Al Staples all the way through, mm. except for the new original Weird Al Yankovic song, which is over the credits, which is quite funny. Right. Um, but yeah, I. Oh, Maggle, <laughs> go and watch this this weekend as quickly as you possibly can. Because yeah. I genuinely think you, it, there's still time for it to make your written list. Yep. And I genuinely think it will do. Because, oh, it's fun. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it exists. Oh, I'm glad it wasn't a major Hollywood production because it wouldn't have been able to be this fucking weird. But how is Daniel Radcliffe? Really good. No way. Really, really good. Like, I'm still not on board with him playing Wolverine, I don't think, in my heart of no. hearts. But, oh, my God, the fucking character resuscitation he's done over the last few years from fucking Miracle Workers. And this has been fucking... It's been so fucking funny. <laughs> it is, although he's quite the straight guy, it's all the weirdness around him, yeah. oddly. But, oh, yeah, it is. Oh, go watch it. It's 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 excellent. Oh, well, like I, said, I, 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 I was willing it to be that much better because in my heart of hearts, I wanted this to be the best movie of the year. It's maybe like... Five to ten percent off that, but it is still really good. Nice. That was your number six. That was number six. So my number six is the unbearable weight of massive talent. So annoyed I haven't watched this yet. Like and it's not on Sky either yet, which is really pissing me off. You want to talk about meta? Ah, this is meta. Oh. This is like you, every Nick Cage inside joke is in the movie. Mm-hmm. You, you, everything you'd expect, like the face off and bees and everything, yeah, yeah. and the Wickman. So like, it's all there. So, like, it's an incredibly, like, niche thing. You have to be kind of, like... And I think the majority of the internet is, like, we all recognise Nicolas Cage as a very weird and intense man Mm. who picks bad movies. Yes. But we all love him because he's so weird and so good. Mm -hmm. So imagine that, 
but then it's done intentionally. It's done intentionally. So, but to me, it's not the metaness that works, even though it is the driving force. There is literally a scene where the two of them go, okay, what point in the Nick Cage movie are we at? <laughs> Whilst they are high on drugs, and it is the funniest fucking thing. But it's that bromance between him and Pedro Pascal's character mm. who comes off as like this kind of like millionaire playboy to begin with, and you then you find out he's a fucking loser right. who just loves Nick Cage. Okay. And it's really funny. And these two start writing a Nick Cage film together. <sighs> And then the end, it just evolves into a standard Nick Cage movie. I have to save my family. Right. And, oh, oh, it's just, it's just fucking stupid. And I just really, really like it. And a lot of that, it, I mean, Pedro Pascal doesn't fucking miss. No. I am so excited for The Last of Us. Oh, <laughs> we are, what, a week? Yeah. A week away from The Last of Us starting and I cannot fucking wait. He's going to knock it out of the park again. Because it doesn't matter what he does, what he turns up in, he's fucking it's great. Always good. How is he the best thing about the Nick Cage movie? I'm so annoyed I haven't seen this. Honestly, mate, it's like it's it's such an uncomplicated pick. It's just funny, right? It's just good. It doesn't it's need just to be anything more than that. Yeah, happy days. Right, number five. It's Look, Elvis. Get it? I totally get it. I because I fucking love Elvis. Um, it. I think the the really interesting thing about it is like they've cast Tom Hanks as a bad guy. Which is odd, but then the, a man called Otto also seems to put him in the antagonist role, yeah. even if he's still the main character. I'm going to see that tomorrow, because um, fucking I love Tom Hanks movies. And he's also the antagonist of the Pinocchio movie, because he made it happen. <laughs> he's Geppetto, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. Um, so to have him be both a bad guy and essentially the narrator of the Elvis movie is odd. Mm. But I think it's a really smart framing device, because this movie doesn't want to kind of completely whitewash Elvis... And like, no, he was great the whole time. But to the same token, if they did it just focusing on Elvis, that would make Elvis the bad guy. Mm. And that's not it. This allows them a quite smart framing device that gets to paint Elvis as as a victim without really apologizing and and kind of forgetting about all the bad things that he did. It just kind of uses um, Tom Hanks' character as Colonel Tom, uh, as Colonel Tom to kind of, Focus that to give you someone to hate more, so you can still enjoy the Elvis movie and all the Elvisness of it, and have him be the target of your ire as opposed to Elvis, who was a bad person. Yeah, but it's all that plus a lot of fucking Elvis songs. Yeah, so it is fucking dope. I mean, loved it. We we called it in the review. Did we do a review of Elvis? I don't think we did a review of Elvis. That's weird. No, I don't. I we may. I don't remember. No, I don't think we have. I don't think we did. Okay, so we haven't talked about the comeback special bit. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, to be fair, that and the when he does like the hayride one early on, yeah, just before yeah. he, either just before or just after he gets back from the military, is oh, it's so good and kind of captures why Elvis is so fucking nice. Mm. But yeah, it gets it gets uncomfortable at the end, and I I think again the framing device allows it to be this is a morality tale about the the excesses of success mm. and the evils of success as opposed to Elvis was a bad person who married a 14 year old, yeah. which is the truth. <laughs> and it's hard it to get is round. what happened. Yes. It's hard to maneuver around that. <laughs> it gives it a good fucking go, I guess. It, it tries. But it tries. Like when, when they first show you the, them together for yes. the first time, you're like, okay, she's 14. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, 14 yeah, years no, old. Right and now. he's in his late twenties. So let's get round this now. But, Oh yeah, 
Austin Butler's fucking unbelievable as Elvis. My God. The singing is unfucking well. Yeah, the comeback special is excellent. It's so well done. So All well of paced. it is. I like that they they get him to fat Elvis by the end of it. Mm. To the point where people aren't convinced of like the last one is shot like it's like actual footage. Yeah. And you can't tell, is that actual fat Elvis or is that Austin Butler in a fat suit? Mm. That's how good he does a job of embodying this. And like him blowing up saying this is my golden cage on his during his fucking residency oh, yeah, in Vegas yeah. and all that jazz. I fucking loved it. It is ex it's everything I wanted from an Elvis movie. And I'm genuinely surprised it took until twenty twenty two to do an Elvis movie. Or to do one this good. To do one this good. But yeah, fucking out. Exactly. I mean, still has some of the trappings of musical biographies that uh, that it can't really escape from, but otherwise, mm, exactly yeah. what I wanted from the Elvis movie. Nice. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, that the big flashy number five. Yes. Uh, mine is Red Rocket, which is a very, very small movie. I have no idea what this is. So this is this is a very, very low budget indie movie. Um, that is the story of a, a failing porn star who comes uh. back to his podunk fucking rust bucket tower, uh-huh. essentially to just mooch off everybody. Right. Um, and during this time back in his hometown, he comes across, uh, didn't think that we'd uh, be running with the Elvis theme, but an inappropriately underage girl that he attempts to groom into becoming a porn star. Ah. Uh. It's a dark story. Yeah. But it's it, it's contrasted with the way that it's shot so realistically. Right. And it's very... Like very natural light, bright, fucking red, kind of like red and blue, like like that kind of like, you know, like you get a postcard of like the Grand Canyon. Yes, those colours. Right. Okay. So it's a really pleasant looking movie, but it's it's like really beautifully lit fucking trailers and garbage uh, piles right. and donut places that nobody goes because they're shit and. It's it's that kind of it captures the be- what what the beauty of America is supposed to be, mm. while showing all of the ways that American society has failed that country, uh-huh. and people like the main character of Mikey, um, I think he's played by Rex Simon or Simon Rex, it's one of the two, um, who's great as this insidious kind of fucking chancer, right? Who is out to just con as much money as he can. And have weird and interesting sex with this seventeen-year-old girl, and mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's creepy and gross, and that's exactly why I loved it because it was creepy and gross and it fucking stuck with me. I'm like, ah, oh, I really fucking hate this character. Is the come up the comeuppance worthy? Um, it's so hard to say, right? It's it's without spoiling how the story ends uh-huh. because i i would recommend this on it's, it's not an easy watch right i don't i'm not saying it's not like it's not like a fucking cronenberg movie where it's just difficult to look at i mean like the situations mm. can get like really grimy like spotlight type of thing where it's just you'd be like Whoa. kind of right not but not to the same extent there is a comeuppance right like without spoiling too much there is an ending to the movie okay but it's not the movie ends. My God! Spoiler uh, alert! Jesus! Uh, it's, but it's it's not overly dramatized. It just right. it just feels so grounded and straightforward. And mm. this is the story it wanted to tell. These are the people who must exist. Like the the acting is very naturalistic, and I think that's because they've used far lesser known actors. Yes. If I'm not convinced that a couple of these characters 
are actors. Mm. I think they're just people who were asked if they wanted to be in a film. Yeah. It feels that real. And that's what makes your skin crawl so right, much. Right, okay. I just think that's incredibly effective filmmaking. It's very inventive filmmaking. And I, I, I think the naturalistic style and the kind of very saturated colours, they're a real great contrast. It's it's a really it's a really good bad time, if you know what I mean. Gotcha. Okay. Going on to something that is much more plain to I'm becoming increasingly worried, by the way, that we have the exact same top three. So we'll cross we don't, that bridge. Don't worry. Okay. Um, next up is The Adam Project at number four. Okay. This hung around higher for a while until I kind of meditated on it and said, well, I know you really liked it because obviously you put it this high, but like, what were your favourite bits? And mm. I found that a bit harder to kind of, when I was writing yeah. the article, of like, it's just the best type of popcorn movie. And I don't think the best type of popcorn movie can't really make it into a top, you know, into a medal position because it's just kind of, you know, just not disposable, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it doesn't stir anything other than basic fun. I think this is why it didn't get on my top 10 because Which it's, is fair. it's a, it's a popcorn sci-fi movie by way of other popcorn sci-fi things. So like yes. there's the time travel of Back to the Future. There's the weird weaponry of Star Wars. Yes. And the handsome face of ryan reynolds <laughs> and like and, and the charm pulls you through yeah it does it's a very charming movie the kid actor's great yeah whose name i've forgotten which me is too shame um and the family dynamics fun yes but like you say it's fun it's a great watch and like you and, and exactly as you said what specific element of how this was made yeah is unique it's a very well-made omelette of, like, everything is doing what it needs to do. Mm. It's a very... There's not a lot of fat in this movie. Every element of it works. But I guess as it, as good as it is, it lacks the special sauce, I think, mm. to really push it up above. But I know this makes it sound very negative about my number four favourite movie <laughs> of the year. But it is a great time. Like, you won't regret watching this movie because no, it is just fun sci-fi time travelling stuff. With a good cast that has great chemistry. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you fucking need. So that's the other project I've done before. It's a that very short and sweet. Well, it's a, just a very well oiled machine. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we've had so many shitty comedy sci fi movies come out recently. It's just good to see one done well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number four for me is it's one of the Oscar movies. In the my Oscar episode, I said this was one of my favourites. Uh, it, it's turned out to be my favourite Oscar movie of this year uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I'm getting increasingly worried we have the same top three. <laughs> Go on, Sophie. Right, so The Eyes of Tammy Faye, it's, I mean, obviously Jessica Chastain's good. She won the Oscar for it. Yeah. I don't need to tell you that. And uh, Andrew Garfield, this was like off the back of what seen him in, in a Tick, Tick, Boom, a movie I didn't enjoy as much as I no. could have, but loved because of Andrew Garfield. Mm. And then he fucking one, two punched me with, well, one, two, three punched me with that Spider-Man and this. He's, Fucking great in this mm-hmm. film. Um, so obviously in the UK we don't have televangelism. We're keenly no. aware that it exists, but yes. we aren't aware of the Bakers. This is the Tammy Faye Baker and her husband, yes, Jim Baker. Um, we're not familiar with the scandal that happened, but basically it's exactly what has been parodied in Simpsons and Futurama all these years. It is. They went on TV. They asked for a butt ton of money and promised shit that God can't do because... Yeah, yeah. Um, I won't offend any... Fuck you. God don't exist. Like, shit like that doesn't happen. They funnel the money. They buy Mm -hmm. themselves a huge, gigantic mansion. Jim might be gay. Who knows? Um, 
everything falls apart. The entire fucking thing collapses. Yeah, yeah. The performances in this are so fucking good. Mm. Like they really do pull you through. the The naiveness of uh, the Tammy Faye portrayal in this, yeah. it's it's just on that cusp of like she can't possibly believe that they're doing good. Mm. As, she, as she's talking about, you know, the the kind of the the inequalities of the world as she's in this lavish fucking bedroom feet in a foot spa this is the 1980s right it's like they are in the lap of luxury as they continue to say the world is shit give us your money uh-huh. and it's just it's bizarre and there's a there's great cameos in this vincent d'onofrio being chief among which is kind of like the very hard line executive of the christian um broadcasting channel yeah, yeah. Fuck it was called um is and- that what cbs stands for no 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 cbs is something different okay no, no, no! It definitely is something else. We're not American. We no. don't know what these things are. No, um, I'm gonna have to give that a good. Fair Keep enough. going. So, yeah, core performances are fantastic. I, I think when that kind of shift happens in the middle of the movie and the empire is established, it literally is. I mean, it's every word empire as you'd expect in Star Wars. It's fucking ridiculously evil. Columbia Broadcasting System oh, with five. Do you want to join the Columbia Record Company? <laughs> Whoa! Hold on now, baby. Sorry. <laughs> Weird Al. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I was doing uh, Albuquerque. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm with you now. Sorry. We broke up and I never saw it again, but that's just the way things go. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Don't hit the mic, babe. God damn it. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, it's great. Watch it. I don't know what service is on at the minute. Again, it kind of felt like one of those things that came and went. It was out for a week, mm. um, won, won awards, and disappeared. But we should remember this movie more. I think it's really, 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 really fucking good. I right. understand why it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Mm. I understand why Coda won that. Coda was on my top 10 from last year, if you listen to that yeah, episode. Right. This one was great. I loved it. Right. Let's see. Here we go. Number three is Top Gun Maverick. Okay, I think we've got to do the way around. Okay, fine. Okay. But so... you still have Top Gun Maverick, I'm taking it. Yes. So I'm now... Hang on. I'm you haven't put s- it... Hang on, no, hang on. Go on. Hang on, hang on. My number three is Bullet Train. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's your number two. Uh, n- Not quite. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, How are we going to do this? Are hang we gonna on. Have, to reveal... have we got Top Gun Maverick, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Bullet Train as... The top three. Um, I have got Bullet Train, Top Gun Maverick, and Everything Everywhere Once as my top three. Oh, one. Black Panther didn't make it. Didn't make it. Okay, phew. Okay, we have got some difference in this. <laughs> I was really worried for a second. Yep. We gonna move yep. Okay, should we just... We'll, we'll get the ones that we've got both on. The, you know what? How about this? I'll do number two first. Yeah. I'll do Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which yes. is when that sits. Um, easily the best MCU movie of... Uh, Phase five. Yeah, the closest that one came to being on the top ten was this. Yes, going to be the other fucking two, was it? Nope. It at least closed number five, phase five on a four. phase five, phase four. Sorry, on a strong note mm. that nothing else fucking did. Um, yeah, it, it's it's so different from all the other MCU movies by terrible circumstances. Mm. But thank God they took those terrible circumstances and at least made them worthwhile yeah. and made them integral to the story and utilised them without it feeling icky, I guess. Mm. Like, this is in no way a... It's fucking pleasant. <laughs> there was no... This wasn't a cashing on a tragic event. This was using that tragic event to kind of make this movie a meditation. 
Oh, don't fucking do <laughs> Don't ruin a movie I liked. A reflection on grief and kind of doing that in a superhero movie, which has never been done before. So that's the thing I appreciate about him of. And like I said in a review, which you can go listen to, the only time it doesn't work is when it's kind of been trapped by Marvel. Yes. When the Marvel kind of formula drags it back down to fit into a certain shape at some point. Yeah. That's where it kind of falls down. Where, but, where should we fight the people who are really good in the water? I know. <laughs> fight them on a boat. <laughs> Fucking hell. You live in a desert, lads. Oh. They're coming to invade you. Just wait 10 minutes <laughs> and then take the masks off. You win. So that. But other than that, I, I genuinely think it's a return form. And like yeah. it is so much better than the first movie. Yes. Country Mile. Which is a horrible... You know, sorry, Chadwick Boseman. Like, that's not how I wanted that to no. happen. We didn't want you to not be in the best Black Panther movie. That, but that's what's happened. You can't help it sometimes. But yeah, I, I, I'm glad because it could have gone either way. It could have been a train wreck, but happily. And and Namor is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The um, king of having sex. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that man. He's the suavest motherfucker alive. I cannot believe he didn't know how to swim and right? still fucking auditioned <laughs> to play the underwater king of Atlantis. <laughs> fucking hell, lads. That is like Joey Tribbiani levels of fucking confidence. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. I can speak French. Um, <laughs> so there we are. So so the other, so your outlier was effing everywhere all at once. Is yes. that number one? It is at number one. Oh, well, fuck that. We'll save that then. Yep. Um, you want to talk about Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> Should we talk about Top Gun Maverick? My number two movie of the year. My number three. Yep. You uh, dumb bitch of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this i'm fucking annoyed it's here right like i don't give a fuck about top gun i've no. never given a shit about the original top gun not a tom cruise guy not a tom cruise guy and here we are and yeah <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck dude like you know the matilda problem which was yes, like yes. you didn't need to go this hard no. they really didn't oh, need to go this hard. boy did they not but... and then they did but their cult leader main star made them all get in F-16 to do Balrog till they <laughs> fucking hurt the gutter <laughs> for the sake of the film. But my God, it works. Didn't they have like film like nine days worth of footage? 400 hours. Jesus yeah. fucking oh Christ. Oh my God, but it's all worth it because if ever there was a movie that he's trying to... It's not a complicated movie. It is a paper-thin plot. This is essentially the first one again. <laughs> and he's just there to make Tom Cruise look good. But it just, oh. there's there's no bits of it. You can get angry about it if you want to, yeah. but it just fucking works. It's just that fucking good. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's predictable as fuck. It's in everybody's top yes. 10. It's number one for a lot of people. And I'm ashamed to admit that we are part of that. Pure like, uncut 80s is what this is. Oh my God. Like mainlining all the good bits <laughs> about the 80s into your fucking arm is this movie. And then making the best aerial combat scenes oh. put to film. Holy oh. shit. Oh my God. It's, oh, I hate, I hate it a little bit. Cause I that really was, do. That was my critics. Cause it's interesting. Cause I was watching, I was watching something on YouTube about like, did you think Top Gun 1 was shit? Well, here's why it was actually good. Yes. And he was like, you have to understand that flying scenes in movies didn't look nearly as good as Top Gun in 93 or whenever the fuck it came out. Yep. And then it showed you like one from the year previously was proper like cardboard backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the fact that there was motion behind them was a big deal. I was like, yeah, and it doesn't hold up. Like you watch Top Gun 1 now and it, it looks static and yeah, cardboard. Yeah. And then 
this and then this which is just but it's not like it's some incredible it's not like it's some great technological advancement they just find actors that were willing to go and sit in fighter planes <laughs> yeah. like it's not like this is a great leap forward for cgi no they just just said fuck it we need fighter pilot footage yep Let's put them in a fight. Get in the plane. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Miles Teller was like, I'll do anything to be liked. And <laughs> I, need, got I, still need to, to do. I still need to make up for Santa and Four Stick. So in I go. I, I gotta I gotta say though, I think the discovery of this, the biggest discovery, the biggest surprise is Glenn Powell. I I wanna see far more Glenn Powell. Hangman? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hangman, dude. The, I'm I'm still mulling over if he should be Johnny Storm. Right. The smuggest motherfucker alive. Mm. Oh, it fucking worked for me. He was in another movie this year with um Prison Thick Jonathan Majors. No way. About fighter jets. <laughs> where like Jonathan Majors plays like the first black guy in like the American Air Force. No way. Or like like Basically, in their Top Gun program. Yeah. But no one watched it and it lost a load of money. Oh, no. But I don't know how that happened. How did your marketing not immediately go, Did you like the guy from Top Gun? <laughs> Do you like Prison Thick Jonathan Majors? <laughs> We've got a move for you. And they're both in fighter jets. <laughs> but apparently, it just didn't work. So. Because no, Top Gun was in cinemas for like the whole year. Oh, yeah. It came out and it never went away. No, it did not. I wouldn't be surprised if it's still there. Paying yeah, money yeah. to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, you've got Bullet Plane. B- Bullet Plane? Bullet Plane. Bullet Train. Oh, I hope that's the sequel. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got that at number three. So it's my number one yep. for the year, but let's get it out of the way now. Um, again, so I, I think the difference between this and The Adam Project is this is not a complicated movie and everything works, but I think it has the special source that Adam Project lacks. Yep. And that special source it turns out, is Brad Pitt just not really, you know, not taking himself seriously anymore, mm. is the special source this needed to get over. That and making Thomas the Tank Engine pivotal to the plot. If you don't like this movie, you are a fucking diesel. <laughs> you are a fucking diesel. Yeah, you're a prick. <laughs> like, just... <sighs> I, I do not understand where this movie came from. No. Because it shouldn't work. No, but in the same way of like, I was saying like, Secret of all, saw the trailer, thought that's going to be shit, watched it, watched it, came out of it, just shit, watched the trailer, thought that's going to be fucking good, watched it, was fucking good, and now we get to the end of the year and it's not like I need a deep dive of the nuances of why it's good. It just fucking is. There is not an ounce of fat on this entire movie. No, it's the it's the trimmest movie of the year it's by so far. so fucking dynamic it's mm. unbelievable. Which like, is ironic yeah. because the movie's called Bullet Train. <laughs> It just, it works on everything it sets out to do. It does expertly well. Yeah. Like, even in a review, the only thing I could really pick fault was, was with um the, the princess character in it. Mm. She's the only bit that I, I don't feel gets to like five out of five. But the fact that everything else does. Yeah. And everybody's fun in the movie. Like, everyone's funny. Everyone's fun to be around. You're not like, oh, I've got to spend time with like. It's not like a yes, that's all right, everybody. It's a mega episode. It's not that you're happy to deal with everyone else. Yeah. The only bit that annoys me is like you got Zazie Beats in and only did this that. little with her. Yeah. That's an annoyance. Like, if, like no, I wanted more time with all the fun people you managed to get on this fucking yeah. thing. Michael Shannon being a fucking being the bear Russian. <laughs> oh, the fucking <laughs> with yeah. the revolver. My God. Yes. Love all of it. St- like, style over substance, like, most of the time, but at least the fucking style was good. 
Like, holy shit. Oh, it's... it's it's just feels that Brian Mills had a fucking hell of a year for being in cameo stuff. Oh my god, yeah, that's the point. I, I, I really hope they bring this back for a sequel. I, I don't know what it would look like. Uh, because... it, it could go down the speed route. It would get like fucking really trite and just like the back. Oh, he's on a boat now, but like mm. I feel like it's a world and a set of characters that are so fun that you'd want them to come back again. Mm. So fingers crossed that they do. I would, I would love that. That'd be so good. Okay. Um. That just leaves me to talk about everything everywhere all at once. So it does. Which is my number one movie of the year. I get it. I have to echo what you said. It is the most boundlessly creative movie. Uh Uh-huh. And it definitely gave me shit I'd never seen before. Yep. I fucking loved how it flitted back and forth from incredibly low stakes to ridiculously high stakes. Uh I loved all the high concept stuff. One of the most heartfelt bits of the movie is a bit where two of the characters have been turned into rocks. (laughs) That's my favourite bit of the movie. It's just two rocks. Two rocks having a chat. It it makes no sense, but it does make sense, if you know what I mean. It's one of those that, like, they establish how this multiverse works so well that, like, every little vignette you're excited to see. So, like, the, my my favorite one of those being the Rakakuni stuff, where they just do it's their version of Ratatouille. Yes, except there's a raccoon under the hat. Yes, and it's just oh. dumb. It's fucking dumb, and I really love it. So but it's it, it's that it's not even meta. It's just kind of like going. You can tell that both of these movie makers, because Daniels are the director, yes, directors, if you will. Um, and how much they just fucking love movies. Yeah. So like they were like, we want to do the Ratatouille callback in the fucking ma- in the middle of the Matrix sequence because mm. my they love the fucking Matrix. There is a fight scene in this movie. I said this in my written review where the entire point of the fight is to stop an interdimensional warrior from shoving a trophy up his ass. Yeah. And oh yeah. And narratively, it still works, which is incredible to me. <laughs> I I I, I, I understand. So much I'm so glad it's on your top 10 because I thought oh, maybe yeah, yeah. it would be, like you say, that bridge too far. It would be the Crack Fox episode yeah, of yeah, The Mighty yeah, Boosh yeah, yeah. where it's just the wrong side of weird. Yeah. For me, it's always, it was slap bang in the middle. Like, I, I, I'm confused as to why I'm seeing this, but I am enjoying seeing it. So I, I fucking loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I, It sucks that we won't get more because this feels like a very encapsulated one and done thing. Mm-hmm. And that's great. It just makes me excited to see what Daniels will do next. Right. Considering that their previous, I don't think this is their most recent film before this, but they did Swiss Army Man, which is very much that oh, kind of like. Oh, that's them. Yeah. Right. Like, Dan, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've said something about that on previous I've not episodes. seen it. I don't think it's because we haven't, we, we'd reviewed it. Hmm. I think it was more because like it was the movie where Daniel Radcliffe plays a farting corpse. Yeah. And we were like, well, that seems dumb. And we just didn't see it. No. <laughs> um, turns out we should have given them a chance because they are really exciting directors. Happy days. Well, whew. That's a really low energy ending to this. It, like we didn't get the pay, the payoff. If we'd done the same, if I, if we'd done the same top three, that would have been. Well, we mean, if we'd somehow both put Top Gun Maverick at the top, like what are we doing, lads? <laughs> But after two and a half hours... Holy shit, we saw a lot of films this year. We did. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope we haven't scared you away (laughs) from listening to the other ones, because there's still more we haven't covered. 
Um, where can they find us? Podcast Muggle. Well, if you go and find us on Twitter and Instagram, and at that might go in and at the gutted respectively, you can go and find the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the name FoleyNT. That's F O U L E N T. You can go and find more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed under the username FoleyNT or FoleyNT Podcast, depending on the service you're using. Or you can go to FoleyNTTainment.com where everything's there, including the written articles. You will soon have the rest of our end-of-year content coming up. That includes the best of TV, the best of video games, and the best of everything else that we like. Um, you can also go listen to the web... Uh, right now, live, is a 2023 preview, which is also a 2023 draft episode, where we pick 10 things that are coming up over the next 12 months that we add to our collection, and you will get to see me... Very fucking angry. <laughs> the fu- the first draft where blood was spilled. Oh, God damn it. So all of that's over there for your listening pleasure. And thank you very much for listening to this very long, but oh so satisfying episode of Popscorn. We will see you in the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.